Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Oh boy, there's so many exciting things happening here. I'm just rearranging my desk and getting stuff in order. Uh, yesterday, I had a fascinating meeting with uh, someone who's going to be a, a future reporter. I'm not going to go into too many details yet because there's still some some thinking to be done. But uh, people are still coming to Action Radio, and they're still uh, joining us uh, and, and and talking about things and and stories. And it always fascinates me that uh, the folks that that come to Action Radio are none of them are professional broadcasters. We're just regular people. Even me, I don't have a broadcast degree or a communications degree or uh, even an English degree. Or you know, as I say, I'm uniquely unqualified for everything everything that I do here. And so it, it just it just continually staggers me uh, how many folks drop in and uh, and will be reporting. Someone that uh, is a, a public figure. Uh, who is going to be coming in also for, for who knows how many shows, but we're going to start Monday. Uh, Jessica Rivera, who has reported on uh, Right Side Broadcast News, uh, America's Voice News, and is a real journalist you know, compared to those of us here just kind of doing it. Um, but uh, she'll be starting Monday. Uh, well, she'll be with us definitely this Monday uh, at 7 a.m. Central Time, and we'll be doing all kinds of investigative reports and pretty much whatever she wants. You know, I, this is like the ultimate, not only is it the ultimate free speech zone, it's just the ultimate freedom of, of everything you can think of. And that's what we do here. So wait a minute, let me, let me just uh, switch for Brianna at this point. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Uh, huh, so I guess she couldn't get through. Let me put try again, and we'll see if we can get Brianna on the line here. Everything should be working fine. The show's working. I'm happening. Life is good, as far as I know. And so we shall, uh, okay, let's see if she can get her back on here. Uh, a lot of things to do. I got kind of a treat uh, for her and you as well. I played it yesterday. Um, I found an old air check. I've been delving into things. In fact, I found an old uh, video of a previous band I was with. So I, I put that on my uh, public site, Greg Pangloss. It's one of my many YouTube channels. And so you can take a look at that. And uh, see, there she is. See, I knew it would work. It's just, uh, you know, I, I, maybe I logged in late. Uh, that, I'll tell you what, uh, I bet you, Brianna, uh, because I uh, logged in about um, like a minute before the show started, <laughs> it's like, oh, I know what I have to do. <laughs> she probably called it like two minutes before the show started, and it wasn't ready to go yet. But we are ready to go now. So let's, uh, let's start government inquiry. She started as a guest on Action Radio, courtesy of our Constitution reporter, Amber Kemper. Both Brianna and Amber are graduates of Patriot Academy, a place where young folks get to practice writing and advocating legislation and being legislators in a mock session. Brianna immediately impressed all of us as someone we wanted on the show with her own report. With an insightful mind, asking and taking on complex questions, and a growing skill in sarcasm and satire, plus her study of government, history, the Constitution, and our founding, all of her skills and knowledge combine into something pretty incredible here on Action Radio. And now, the Government Inquiry Report with Brianna Cannon. So let me guess, you being more uh, responsible and uh, logical than I am, uh, probably called in like three or four minutes ago, <laughs> and I hadn't even logged into the show yet. Would, would that be about right? Yeah, I think it was about two or three before. Yeah, that'll do it. No, I appreciate you being early. It's it, it's great to have uh, uh, most folks call in. Like, I guess they want to wait for me to say something before just to make sure the show is going. But uh, it's I think it's always best to call in like a minute 
minute early just to do that. But I didn't know. So they got a new system here for logging in. I didn't know if the, what had happened exactly. Anyway, I want to have a little fun. Uh, something I discovered in the great vault uh, of uh, action radio because I was uh, doing broadcasting. So I've made a new report, a new theme for Bonnie. Uh, so she'll be on tomorrow. But I found an air check. I found something that I, from my college radio days. So here I am, a 56-year-old college DJ, right, reporting on bands I've never heard of. <laughs> you want to hear something funny? Check this out. All right, here we go. And she'll always get the best of me. The worst is yet to come. It's 3 o'clock with Greg. In the next half hour, we have The Vamps, Dawin, and Daya. And now here's 21 Pilots on 89.3 KOHL. I wish I found some better sounds no one's ever heard. I wish I had a better voice to sing some better words. I wish I found some chords in an order. So what do you think of that? That was my dues paying. I was actually a college DJ. And everybody else is like 18 you know, years old now at 56. <laughs> that's deep voice reporting on these bands I've never even heard of. So that's how I got started. That's funny. I haven't heard of 21 pilots in years. Completely oh, forgot well, about this was back. This is back in 2016. <laughs> Uh, so this is before Trump got elected. So, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for a few years now. But, uh, yeah, so just to let you know that uh, the, all the things that we do, you know, there are many ways to, to, to get where you want to go. And the things that you have to do along the way that are hysterical. You know, I was a tour guide for eight years. Uh, I went to uh, a small community college uh, in Fremont, California. Uh, called Ohlone College, and they had a broadcast news program, and they used to broadcast it out to the quad. So you hear all these young voices, right? you know, hey, this is KOHL, and then I get on, oh, KOHL, this is your DJ, your college DJ, and it was, it was just funny. People, like, know my voice, like, I know you, you're the old guy, right? You know, it's like, but actually, they really didn't say that, but it was just, but it's just, uh, you know, you do what you have to do, and so uh, that's what I did, and it was, it was actually kind of fun, you know, being around all the kids. And so I had a good time doing that. Anyway, I'm going to play that every once in a while because, you know, it's just funny that, that that was my start. I had no idea who those bands were. Hadn't a clue. I mean, I heard it when I listened to them, but no idea. Did you know all those groups? Daya's, 21 Pilots, and whoever else was on there? Because you would have been pretty young with the 2016. Yeah, um, maybe a few, possibly. Okay, just curious. You know, when yeah. I had a daughter and I was raising her, I uh, I made sure to know all the music she knew. So I was listening to current, you know, contemporary radio stations. And when I was talking about songs, it's like, how do you know that? Well, it's because I listened to, you know, modern music. Oof. Kind of freaked her out. Anyway, a little cultural note there. Um, so what's going on? What you been thinking about? What's uh, as the world collapses around us and we try to bring sanity um, and logic to, uh, you know, a panicked uh, country? Um, what can, uh, where should we go this morning? Um, so I have a couple of different links and stuff. Okay, actually, I have about 20, so I'm kind of, like, picking and choosing, and it'll probably take us a couple of months to <laughs> go. Well, I got a couple of months. No, actually, that's not bad. I'd rather have you be months ahead. I, you know, I have things. You, you, I have 178 bills that I have I, I want to write, 178 on a file. <laughs> so you, you, think, you think you're behind? You know, but I need folks to help out. Actually, what I really want to do um, – 
Amber, who we haven't heard from for a while, I want to get her back because she was she started a car tax bill, and more than ever with this, especially with this car tax mandate, um, I want to get her working on that. Even if she doesn't come back on the show for a while, because I want to get that out there because we need it. And my addition to that was a twenty five thousand dollar hazmat fee for the battery. And so, in other words, all the subsidies go. Uh, they actually become costs. You know, if, you, if you're going to buy an electric car, you should you, you pay for it. Pay like a, a, a mining tax or a you know, an uncarbon tax because you're not putting enough carbon dioxide back into the uh, atmosphere. So we should say, oh, you like that idea? Should we start charging you for people not putting carbon dioxide uh, back in the atmosphere for sabotaging the carbon cycle? How's that for an idea? What do you think? Yeah, it's like cutting down trees to put in solar panels to help climate change. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, or, or wind farms, you know, so they're killing all the whales. Uh, and knocking out all the birds of prey, you know, it's, it's like because rather than um, burn organic fuels, which actually put carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, which is required for the plants, which is required for the animals. So we need to, we need to start doing a series on how the, the, the elimination of carbon dioxide, how the reduction of carbon dioxide is, is incredibly dangerous, which it is. I mean, that's, that's, we almost lost life on Earth back in the 1800s because there wasn't enough carbon dioxide. And it, it still fascinates me that... Uh, you know, in, in God's plan in the universe, uh, all of a sudden we discovered petroleum. Yeah, some accident, right? And the internal combustion engine and the steam engine. And by burning wood and coal and then later uh, turning uh, oil, uh, petroleum into gasoline and diesel, all of a sudden we're putting carbon dioxide back in the atmosphere. Well, guess what happened? <laughs> you know, plants started growing in places that never grew. Forests grew that used to be grasslands. You know, and all of a sudden all this food was being produced, and here we are, you know, uh, because of a warmer planet, and warmer planets produce more carbon dioxide, not the other way around. And so it's a, it's a fascinating thing, that the way this has worked out. And then we save the whales at the same time, because when we started using petroleum, we stopped killing whales for whale oil uh, that uh, used to power the, 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 the lamps, those oil lamps was all whale oil. It's fascinating how things work out, and once you start connecting the dots, it's like, oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> You know, so uh, we were 180 parts yeah. per million. Yeah, 180 parts per million carbon dioxide in the mid 1800s. 150 million is where life dies. 150 parts per million. We were at 180 parts per million, according to all the climate geologists. Now we're like somewhere between 200 and 400, but that's still not enough. The dinosaurs, when they were around, it's like 4,000 parts per million or some ridiculous amount. And, you know, Greenland was actually green. <laughs> there were no glaciers. It was green. Yeah, Earth did fine. Anyway, I digress. Let's go to your 20 things. All right. Um, so I'm going to start with one thing, and then it, it's kind of like a two-part of this one site kind of thing. I've gone over the 17 sustainable development goals before, mm-hmm. um, and I'll probably just go over them again just so um, you can remember sure. what well, they You are. can repeat anything. But the I mean, one that I pulled, yeah. Yeah. So the one that I pulled up, First is from World Economic Forum, posted okay. on 911. <laughs> um, How about that? About, oh, like, wait a minute. No, no, I think I, uh, we, we that, see everything the left does is symbolic. Let's look. For, let's see if we can find the symbolism in why that was po- whatever you're talking about was posted on 911. So let's uh, let's let's yeah, go for it. Okay. Um. So they kind of put kind of different reports out about, like, how they're doing over the different years. Uh-huh. Um, and, and basically, they're different goals for – here, I can go ahead and go over those again. Okay. So there's no poverty, zero hunger, good health and well-being, quality <laughs> education, 
gender equality, clean water and sanitation, affordable and clean energy, decent work and economic growth, mm-hmm. industry, innovation, and infrastructure, mm-hmm. reduced inequalities, sustainable cities and communities, responsible consumption and production, climate action, below water, life on land, peace, justice, and strong institutions, partnerships for the goals. Did you say life below water? <laughs> I was the one after that. Yes. <laughs> oh, life okay. On so, land. Have they been watching Star Wars too much? Are they, are they like, yeah, this is Jaja Binks. Mm, me and the, Misa and the water. <laughs> is that what's going on here? Sorry. Um, I think it's just talking animals. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Um, see, I thought they wanted us to, you must say life underwater. I thought you, you like my Jaja Binks. For those that don't know, look it up. Um, I just got, in fact, also Marco's listening in the Netherlands and he sent me a couple, he's got something called, uh, hip house as opposed to hip hop or, or rap. So he sent me a couple of, uh, websites, which I might post later. So just to let you know. So we're, we're actually, the, the Netherlands is catching up to, uh, uh, Canada and listeners. So, so Marco must be talking to a lot of people. So we're, we're big in the Netherlands right now, which is kind of cool. All right. Um, Back to this this life. See, it wouldn't surprise me if they wanted colonies underwater. Um, that's, you know, because I don't know why. I just, they probably think it's more sustainable to have us all eat kelp and, and uh, you know, plankton. I mean, they'd be the next thing after bugs and, you know, plant-based meat. Yeah. Okay. Um... Now, go ahead. Feel free. Continue. This is interesting. I just... Things pop into my head as you talk. So I was scrolling past um, a lot of these things because a lot of things that they're putting here about progress or whatever is basically just saying, hey, look, there's a problem here and a problem here with this poverty mm-hmm. and this and this and this. And this. Um, Why do you, let me ask you a question. Why do you think they think they can solve all these problems? Um, I don't think they really care about solving any of these problems in the first place. Um, okay, good point. To be honest, but so, they are so then why? To kind of... So why are they doing this? What's behind? What's what's the real agenda then? I think they're trying to play God and just have global power. Okay. So and that... you know one of the things that I talked about before was this kind of uh-huh. idea, and I don't know if it's like for sure a thing that they're saying or anything, but it was. Um, that they know that they can't force it on everybody, that it has to be something they willingly accept because of they know of some benevolent force that's stopping them from it or something right. like that. Um, that was just kind of like a theory that was thrown out. No, that's... Um, uh, so kind of that, using this kind of... Right. Yeah, go ahead. Then I, something you said earlier kind of triggered something in my okay. head. Go ahead. Yeah, so it's kind of using this manipulation of, hey, look, it's all of these good things. You know, none of these are good, so let us try and fix them. And really, they'll only implement like three or four of the things that they actually said they were going to do, and it's not the things we actually want. But they're fixing things that don't need fixing. You know, that's the crazy part. Climate change, the climate's doing fine. Warming up the climate is a good thing. You look at any productive period in in world history, the Renaissance was in a warming period. Um, You know, the, the, the growth of knowledge at various times was in warming periods. You know, the, 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 the dark ages were literally darker because it was cold. You know, the mini ice age in the 1800s was not a productive time in, in terms of intellectual growth. 
uh, 1700s was. And I'm not sure the warming. It'd be interesting to chart the climate, you know, around our, our founding. You know, what was the what was the average temperature in 1776? I bet you it was warmer. But warming times tend to produce more things. You look at any of the places in the world, the colder parts of the world, even the United States, the, the industrial north, they're all sitting in factories and working jobs and, you know, have a very regimented lifestyle. You know, where's the creative parts? It's in the south. Where are the writers and the chefs and the artists? They're all in the south. Not all. Sorry, Norman Rockwell. But, you know, there's a, there's a much greater, you know, emphasis on art and music in, in the southern culture. Uh, and much more emphasis on industrial production in the northern parts of our country. So temperature is a huge effect even within a country. What do you think? Yeah. So here's what I, I think. There's. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, something I just said earlier. My my revelation is that uh, you know God saved the world when uh, instead of having us go to 150 parts per million carbon dioxide, um, all of a sudden. You know, we people discovered petroleum and coal and oil, you know, natural gas, and then eventually uranium, the organic fuels, the fuels that, uh, you know, are made within the earth, which makes them organic, which makes them natural. Maybe the same stuff that's in the air and the same stuff that's in us. We are, you know, oil is a hydrocarbon. You know, we are made of carbon. We're a carbon-based life form. Carbon dioxide is in the air. The plants breathe the air, put carbon into them. You know, we eat the plants, and then, uh, you know, we produce uh, carbon dioxide. They produce oxygen that we breathe. We're all connected. It's all one big system. And so the, the idea that, that, you know, I'm convinced that, that God set this in motion so that we would have, we would basically save ourselves uh, without even knowing it by starting to burn organic fuels and creating the Industrial Revolution. So the Industrial Revolution put carbon dioxide back into the air. And you just said something fascinating just a little bit ago when you said that the World Economic Forum and the, the globalists and the Davos crowd and the uh, Bill Gates and all these other people, they're playing God. But they're actually playing anti-God because they're trying to get rid of the carbon dioxide that God works so hard to put back into the air by, by, by creating the Industrial Revolution. Don't you find that interesting that these people are not playing God? They're actually playing anti-God or antichrist, in that they're trying to destroy the very thing that keeps us going, that keeps life on the planet connected, which is carbon, by removing carbon dioxide. I, that's, I think that's just, uh, you know, congratulations to you. That's an incredible, you know, I think, revelation that we're on to here. Yeah, and, you know, I guess it wasn't very surprising to me, but, um, I mean, you're definitely right in it. Mm-hmm. Um, here, I think... Gosh, I forgot this name. Let me find this real fast. Sure. And I can figure out what the name of this person was. I'll find my air check but again. It was kind of like, DJ. <laughs> <Go ahead>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like there will be somebody who's going to play God and try and control everybody. And you know, like okay. the end times prophecies, like he's going to be huh. able to perform miracles and all of this. And have I have I told you about like Project Bluebeam yet on here? Project I don't which remember one? Remember if I have. Project Bluebeam. No. Okay, so it was basically um, a theory that they're going to stage a fake alien invasion using, like, holograms, <laughs> and they'll use actual military aircraft to destroy things. Uh-huh. And then um, just put complete chaos in... Um, mm, sounds like Maui. Complete, complete. Like Maui a target range and now? They'll give this kind of, like, supernatural kind of, like, thing you're far away from the microphone. Yeah, we need to get you back oh. closer to your phone. Yeah, that's okay. 
and it's kind of like a God for them to follow. And he's going to come and perform miracles and all of this stuff and save everybody. And they're all going to want to follow him in this religion. And so it was kind of like, well, I wonder if this is like the Antichrist kind of idea. Um, See, I'm not as, not being so, a biblical scholar, I'm not as familiar. That's a, that's a Wendy question. Or you can help me out with that as to what the Antichrist, you know, and, and as if I remember people or someone is going to come to, you know, appear as, as Christ, but it's going to be the Antichrist. And so this, uh, this yes. is fascinating. And you talk about Project Bluebeam. Uh, have you noticed how many things are, are going with aliens? There's a, I think that total fraud in Mexico who said he discovered the bodies of, uh, you know, these aliens. And they, they look like uh, concrete. <laughs> you look like someone just kind of scar- you know, sculpted some concrete. Oh, here we go. They made a mold, made a wooden mold and poured in concrete. And then this, this is what these things look like. Uh, in fact, one has uh, one on our comedy uh, thing we should take a lot so that comedy is pretty rough but anyway um but one of the things is a meme of joe biden's face on one of those fake aliens but it's interesting that aliens have suddenly come out that the uh we had an alien hearing did you ever see did you ever hear that hearing in congress where they had these uh space folks and and pilots and part of it yeah so you always ask why you know why why now and, and then we hear about Operation Bluebeam, and you talk about uh, Maui, and I'm not convinced that uh, direct energy weapons or anything else. I think it, it looks to me like environmental arsonists uh, wanted to prove that uh, global warming causes fires, so they set a bunch of them on a hot day, on a windy day, and caused this, you know, just unparalleled disaster on this island. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me, though, if there are plans for some kind of an operation using laser particle beams, some kind of accelerator weapons um, to cause these kind of things and then blame space aliens, that would not surprise me. Now, here's what gets even more interesting. Did you hear the report of dimethyl sulfide being discovered on a distant planet, which is an organic chemical produced by phytoplankton as a waste product? There's life on other planets, or at least the chemicals of life. Yeah, okay, so I might talk about that later another day. Uh, BBC has reported on our Facebook International and, and uh, Special Investigations page. But um, that's fascinating. You know, so it, it gives rise to the whole thing that, uh, what, what else are they not telling us? How long has the government known that there might be, you know, biological chemicals that could only be produced by life uh, on various other planets, you know, far, far away? You know, the universe just got a whole lot more interesting. Anyway, back to your 20 things. Yeah. Yeah. The Uh Antichrist kind of, um, basically what happened is that the one world government will be instituting stuff. And we were talking about this the other week. And Uh um, they were saying that a man named Antichus Epiphanes may have been the um, first kind of model of the Antichrist or maybe the devil's like first shot at it or something. Okay. And it was after Alexander the Great had died, and, you know, it split into four different generals. And then Syria went to be ruled by Seleucius, and that is where Antiochus Epiphanes was. And I know he was, like, a huge threat to um, Israel. Okay, so let's do a little ancient history here, because well versed known as I should be. So Alexander the Great, you know, the, the, the general of Macedonia, conquered, I guess, much of the known world at the time. When was that about? What, what time period are we talking about? I want to say like 400 or 500. Let me see. We do instant checks on the show, folks. So we're Sorry if there's noise. That's okay. No, you make noise. It actually is better because people know that you're doing stuff. 
We can also ask Marco, who's you know with us in the Netherlands. We actually have a have an incredible resource and a friend of the show who looks stuff up for us while we're doing this show. It's really incredible. So we're you know we're international here all the time. Um, okay, I'm just curious. So far, I know Daniel BC? prophesied Alexander the Great 200 years before he was born. Huh. Which makes you wonder how these people you rise to prominence and do the things they do. I mean, where did Alexander the Great or Hannibal or Charlemagne or any of these people, how did they get where they got, you know, without help? So if uh, maybe there's a reason that uh, obscure people rise to incredible prominence in the world. Hopefully we'll get a little help with that. Yeah. Scenario. And I'll so be way do, off. So we it's can do good. It's got to be like the early 100s or before. 100 BC or AD? We're talking before Christ or after Christ? Oh, BC. Okay. All right. So that makes sense. So, so Alexander the Great, you know, we got that. Uh-huh. And so the world was split into Syria and some other countries? What were you saying? How's your okay. ancient history? Well, now I'm confused. Hmm. Empire. Oh, yeah, that's another week. The empire lasted from 300. Okay. But when did he live? Hmm. Okay. Um, this says 356 BC to 323 BC. Uh, That's like 30 some odd years. That's not a long time. Huh. Well, you know what you can do if you want to make a note and pick yeah, up another Yeah, he Yeah. What I'm thinking is comparing this. Here's just another project. Not that you don't have enough. We've already got a couple months worth of, uh, of stuff you were talking about here. But wouldn't it be interesting to compare? Oh, Pianki's on live chat too. Pianki, feel free to type in a question. Uh, wouldn't it be interesting to compare ancient, you know, attempts at world government, Rome, uh, Egypt, Greece, um, and ancient conquerors, Alexander the Great, and compare that to the world government today? That might be an interesting project. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah, it would. I mean, a lot of it's really similar. I figured out why I was an idiot. Um, <laughs> Oh, don't worry about it. We all make mistakes. You know, the dates you know. go backwards in BC. <laughs> so the later it is, yes, yes they do. Yeah, play problem here. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Don't be dyslexic with number with BC and AD, or you really get screwed up. Yeah. Okay. Understandable. <laughs> yeah. So now, okay, <laughs> recap. It's all accurate. Don't mind me. Brianna, take two. <laughs> Normally people edit that out, but we don't because we, you know, all, just to prove we're human beings here and not, you know, AI, now, all the mistakes are recorded in, in perpetuity. <laughs> Trust me, I make them myself. Don't worry about it. So what did, what did you figure out? <laughs> this is funny, though. That he was alive in the 300s, and it's like if Disney was alive in like the 100s and 200s. Okay. Makes sense. So 300 BC, that sounds about right. Dino's good at ancient history, too, as Pianchi, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm sure he'll be, uh, he might say, but save it for another week. Um, but uh, let's do a little comparison of some of these ancient, you know, attempts at world government. And let's compare them to what's going on now and see if we can learn some things. Especially how the barbarians at the gate, you know, sabotage the whole thing, because that's us. <laughs> We're, we don't have swords, though. We have computers instead. So it's a little bit, same war, you know, different, different means of doing it. Okay, starting back at, like, the first example that I know would be, like, Nimrod and the Tower of Babel, where okay. um, nobody was to go, nobody was to leave, everybody was to stay, like, right in that one area. 
and they are trying to build a tower to reach the heavens and stuff. They are kind of playing God, um, is what we call it. And everybody under and everybody understood each other, and there wasn't really how do I what's the word? There's a word for this. Like one language kind of thing. I can't think of it. And I don't know how to Google the word either because I don't know the word. But anyway. <laughs> Um, we'll, we'll figure it out as we go. So, it's okay. No, this is the, uh, every every time we were on the air, it's like a voyage of discovery. We always start off with like twenty things that we never get to, and the show it works out great anyway. <laughs> this is why I love your report. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So, um, God scattered their languages, and so they all had different languages, and they all went to different areas of the earth, um, and they spread out, which is what He wanted them to do in the first place. And so that was kind of like the first thing. And God was like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then the Antiochus Epiphanes was probably the second one. Now, there might be, like, other small ones, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really know. I could probably look into it, though. Hmm. And I don't know well, I guess... a lot about him, but I know yeah. he tried to um, kind of, like, um, he liked to destroy things. And a lot so of people was called the... him mad and crazy. When's the Tower of Babel? What, what time are we talking about here? This is way back in ancient history. Ugh. Okay. Oh, yeah. Or is it, is it, is it the biblical and therefore not, not... Okay, so we're talking way back, so it might be harder to define. Uh, Pianchi says, Alexander III, Greek of Macedonia, uh, defeated the Syrians from Egypt around 325 before the Common Era. And I, I think that's where B.C. became B.C.E. I still use A.D. and B.C. just to keep it straight in my head. Uh, and uh, Marco wants to help you define the word once you think of the criteria for it. But, uh, yeah, this is uh, – I think it would be fascinating. Uh, again, over time, we've got – there's no schedule on this, but comparing some of the ancient world government attempts uh, to today. And let's see what we can learn from that. It might be really interesting. Maybe there's a strategy that we haven't thought of that we can adopt to sabotage these people from their efforts to destroy us. You know, I'm, I'm, you know I, I'm all learning from other people. You know, with legislation, the first thing we do when we write legislation is make sure it hasn't already been written. Because there's no point in repeating stuff that's already done well. We have enough to do without that. Yeah, unless you're, like, amending yeah. it. So, I don't know, well, I guess it's, like, in the book uh-huh. of Genesis, which we already know, or 200 right. years after the Great Flood. Which, yeah. But, I don't know, can't find a year. Okay, well, don't worry about Not that. Not sure let's, if let's, I know the year. Make a note, pick it up next time or sometime, and let's get, let's get back to your, your original topics. And we'll sort of hash these out a little bit. Yep. Go for it. I know um, one last thing on that is what what they were talking about is he would, um, Antiochus Epiphany, um, would go around and like blatantly do like blasphemous things just on purpose. Anyway, so Mm -hmm. I pulled up on the 17 Goals site or not the World Economic Forum site and the 17 goals, and I went down, and they have a history section. Hmm. And it was different things happening in different countries. And there's probably about, like, 10, maybe, on here. Mm-hmm. Um, 10 or 12. So I thought it would be interesting to kind of read some of these around the, different, around the world. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I think originally these were called, like, goals for, like, 2015, and then it was like 2020 or 2021 or something. Now it's 2030. So keeps changing. But okay, it says a shared blueprint for peace and prosperity for people and the planet now and into the future. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So it says the SDGs, which is like the Sustainable Development Goals, those okay. executive work by countries in the United Nations, including the UN Department of Economic and Social Affairs. In June of 1992, at the Earth Summit in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, more than 178 countries adopted Agenda 21 in a comprehensive plan of action to build a global partnership for sustainable development to improve human lives and protect the environment. 1992. 178 countries. Yeah, and how many of those want money from the United States? Who was funding it? So it really is uh, these these programs a lot of times are just you know plans to take you know money from U.S. taxpayers and and give it away. It's it's uh, it, you know it's bad enough that they're trying to distribute the wealth and property of Americans to to other folks here. It's even worse when these agencies and, the, and all these countries is, it, of all those 178 countries, how many of them put up money for this? You may not know the answer yet, but I'm always suspicious because yeah. money talks. So money talks. So, so who's putting up money and who's demanding money? So usually it's a bunch of small countries on the world that are easily like recruited into this, you know, Fiji, Bora Bora. You know? I mean, they, they have an equal vote to the United States because every country gets one vote, right? That's fair. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like with the Paris Agreement. We're putting in all of this money for something that's just absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Actually, I have something up. Hold on. Here we just oh, what you got? Okay, it says the Sustainable Development Agenda, and there's three sections to it. The MDGs, which is Millennium Development Goals, the 2030 Agenda, and then the Paris Agreement. Okay. So for the Millennium Development Goals, it says close to 40%. They did not know how to spell percent, my goodness. Of the population... (laughs) of the developing world was living in extreme poverty only two decades ago. Since then, the world has halved extreme poverty with the United Nations Millennium Development Goals greatly contributing to this progress. Agenda 2030, recognizing the success of the MDGs and the need to complete the job of eradicating poverty, the United Nations adopted the ambitious 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development, which includes ending poverty, zero hunger, good health and well-being, all the things that I had just said, and blah, blah, blah. He just lists 17 goals again. And then the Paris Agreement. With these, with these goals, you know, while these goals are being formulated and approved, the United Nations supported the climate change negotiations, which led to the Paris Agreement on Climate Change in 2015. The central aim of the Paris Agreement is to strengthen the global response of threat to climate change by keeping the global temperature rise well below 2 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels or even below 1.5 degrees Celsius. Additionally, the Paris Agreement aims to strengthen the ability of countries to deal with impacts of climate change in order to reach these goals. Financing new technology and enhanced capacity building framework will be put in place. The agreement also provides for enhanced transparency of action and support through transparency framework. Yeah, I think the key term there is pre-industrial. Remember we were just talking about how the Industrial Revolution, part of the revolution was the revolution in fuels, coal, oil, natural gas, and eventually uranium. 
that powered the Industrial Revolution, yeah. that reduced the poverty, that raised the standard of living, that allowed for unparalleled growth and quality of life in transportation and medicine and, and, and manufacturing and economy and jobs and wealth accumulation and everything else. Yes, yeah, started off a little bit rough. There's some really rich people and a whole lot of poor people, and labor laws sucked, and people died in factories at five years old. Uh, there were problems, obviously. But in terms of the outcome, without, where would we be now without the Industrial Revolution? Try to imagine a world without, you know, still operating on whale oil. Okay, the whales ought to be dead by now. So, yeah. when, so when they say pre-industrial, what they're really talking about is a world before organic fuels. For those that don't know, I don't use the term fossil anymore. I say that out of convenience so you understand. But organic fuel, they're talking about a pre-organic fuel world, a world that was sustainable by not using the very fuels that not only power our civilization and our, and our uh, standard of living, but also reestablish the carbon cycle that maintains life on Earth. That's what they're talking about. Yeah, and... Yeah, and with it, you know, part of it is kind of like we are supposed to have dominion over the earth and use the sources that God put on the earth, right? Mm-hmm. And well, like the animals, the trees, the grass, the dirt, we use all of that. You know, we use minerals. We use gold and silver for our money. That's mm-hmm. mined. You know, we use mm-hmm. the oil and stuff. I mean, we use all the resources on the earth. And the yeah. reason that it's made us prosperous is because that's what its intention was made for. Because, you know, God is purposeful. Like, he doesn't make a frog and say, whoops. <laughs> I haven't figured out mosquitoes. Don't though. use that. Is, me and Dennis Prager, we've yet to decide, uh, discover why God made mosquitoes and made the avocado pits so big that you lose half your avocado. So we've got a couple of questions there. But overall, you're absolutely right. You know, but dominion doesn't mean exploitation. I think people misunderstand the term dominion. So how do you understand dominion? Um, I don't think there's like a specific definition that I have for it. There might be in a dictionary. I don't know. But well, there's, a, there's, a like there's, there's a Wendy. That's a Okay. Go like ahead. as a man, m- mankind, like humans, like men and women, we're at the top of the food chain, right? We are, he, like in the Garden of Eden, you know, he had put them in dominion over the garden. And for all of us, obviously it goes for all of us as well to where we're in charge of it, we're responsible for it. And that doesn't mean, like, we can control everything, because obviously we can't. Mm-hmm. But it just means that we're responsible for it in a way. Exactly. So that's the difference. So when people think dominion over, it. they think control. That it's like dictatorship over. So here's my online dictionary. It says dominion, sovereignty or control, man's attempt to establish dominion over nature. First of all, that's impossible. <laughs> you know, we, we don't, you can't legislate climate change contrary to popular belief. But the other one is stewardship. Okay, so the other definition that gets lost in this, probably the closer one is stewardship. So let me look that up right now. I'm typing with my left hand, which is always amusing. Stewardship. The job of supervising or taking care of something such as an organization or property. And it says responsible stewardship of our public lands. So dominion is, is a biblical word, but the closer word is stewardship. So in other words, careful management. So there's nothing wrong with cutting down trees uh, to, to make paper, um, you know, so long as you're using it responsibly and you're planting more trees. A lot of things are recyclable. The earth makes oil. Where, where, where do people think it came from? That takes a long time. 
And eventually, you know, a couple hundred years from now, we might not have as much as we have today, but by then we'll have hydrogen fuel cells, alternative power, probably ion power, gravity power. Who knows what we're going to have? But the thing is, technology finds a way. There's a reason we don't kill whales for whale oil anymore. It's because we have light bulbs. There's a reason that in, in London, the biggest fear in the 1800s was that by, you know, 1950, London would be buried under 10 feet of horse poop. Well, they didn't take into account the fact that the automobile would be invented. So technology saves us from all these things. And we have these amazing advances in technology powered by the very organic fuels that allow these things to happen. You know, the reason we don't have 10 feet of horse poop is because we have cars. The reason we don't have, you know, whales extinct is because we have oil. And the oil and, or the, the organic fuels create electricity. And so there's a way through all these things through technology, through managing the resources that we have. Now, here's a question for you. Have you I don't know how much uh, paper, uh, if, if, you, if you studied, or have you ever seen, uh, do you remember Sunday newspapers? Like big ones, like three inch thick, or maybe two inch thick, Sunday newspapers. Did you ever get those in the comics and, and sports sections and entertainment and things like that? Did you yeah. ever see a really big Sunday newspaper? Okay, right. We don't have those anymore. It's all online, right? Yeah, I used to remember every day I would pick up the newspapers in the driveway. And I haven't done that in a couple of years. Okay. So how many billions of acres of trees have been saved because the New York Times, the San Francisco Chronicle, the Washington Post, the Seattle Times, the, the Houston Daily whatever, the Boston Globe don't make Sunday papers? How many trees have been saved because of that? So, so the reason we have so many more trees out there breathing in carbon dioxide and exhaling oxygen is because we don't have Sunday newspapers or any most part newspapers or pamphlets. It's all done online. So in the same yeah. way that I the automobile, paper, <laughs> well, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, like I say, using, especially if you recycle the paper, because paper can be recycled any number of times. Yeah, you know what I heard about, like, recycled bottles from somewhere? It was, it was mm-hmm. kind of funny. Um, I don't even remember where I heard it, so don't take this, like, literally or anything, because I don't have anything to back this up. But okay. it was that all these bottles that were recycling, you know, they'll fill them up and then send them to different countries, and they just all end up in the ocean. Well, I think so. That's one of the problems with plastic. But you can make plastic biodegradable. Uh, one of the problems was the uh, they used to have these six plastic links that would hold, you know, six cans together or six bottles together. And the thing is, a lot of those were getting in the ocean and they were strangling, you know, turtles and fish and things like that, seabirds. So they made them biodegradable. So they get in the sun, and within like a week, they're gone. You know, it still might be too long for an animal to get them, but you don't have to throw those things out. All, plastic is recyclable. You can grind up plastic into tiny little bits and do all kinds of stuff. You can use it for, like, concrete, you know, fill in. I mean, Pianco would probably know that. You know, but there's a million things you can do with plastic. But plastic is petroleum. Fertilizer is petroleum. The, the, over in uh, the Netherlands, Mark will know about this, that they're having problems. They, they don't want to use fertilizer because it's got too much nitrogen. But it, a lot of it's petroleum-based. You know, it, it's fascinating how all this is yeah, connected. Yeah, um, you know, like, how some soccer fields, like indoor ones, um, uh-huh. Use maybe some else ones do as well. I don't know, but hmm. have the little like astroturf with like the little black tar things. Mm-hmm. I hate astroturf. So to march on it. Some of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it, they always get in your shoes, and it's so frustrating. <laughs> um, but supposedly, like some goalies, because you know they get it all in their mouth and everywhere. 
It's one who they've gotten like cancer and stuff, and they say that it's from the turfs. Yeah, so turf, you know, that stuff should be illegal. I mean, I know they use it inside stadium things. It was like concrete base. More injuries because of that. But uh, I remember there was a, I was in the University of Massachusetts marching band, and we went to Boston University, which had AstroTurf, and it was pouring rain. We're talking bucket loads. I mean, it was just unbelievably rainy. And so this AstroTurf, the water doesn't uh, sink into the soil because there isn't any. It's like concrete under it, right? Yeah, so it just like what? It was like a pinch of, of water, and we're marching in this stuff, splashing, and we were skidding our tubas around, and we were doing belly flops and sliding around on this stuff. It was hysterical. But, yeah, I have no love of AstroTurf. <laughs> anyway, I, I digress a bit. But uh, Panky's got a couple of comments here. Dinosaurs did not think hominids, I guess that's human beings, was boss over them at the time. So there's an interesting thing. There's an interesting question. If, you know, God gave us dominion over all the creatures, you know, T-Rex didn't particularly uh, – Go along with that, because I don't know how many how many people are. I think I think we sort of missed each other. I think the dinosaurs, the dinosaur era, and 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 human beings and mammals came later. There's a, there's a separation in there somewhere, but uh, yeah, huh? Interesting. Okay. Maybe, but I mean, also we are supposed to have like a larger intellect, which I guess would help us be intelligent to mm-hmm. subdue the dinosaurs. Well, yeah, but we've lost a lot of instincts, which is kind of interesting. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, when I was flying airplanes, a lot of what I did was on instinct. I mean, I didn't know everything because, you know, I was, you know, student pilot, but I had a pretty good instinct for things, for how to find my way, for how to resolve problems and things like that. Uh, animals have an instinct. I mean, how do, how do how do the Arctic turns navigate from the North Pole to the South Pole? How do they do that? People said they use the gravitational pull of the Earth. They do all kinds of things. They, you know, but or maybe they just know. <laughs> so there's a certain level of instinct that animals have that we don't. Because we're more intelligent, we rationalize away our instincts, which is kind of interesting. So you're trading one for another. Yeah, I never thought about that. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's why you're here. <laughs> this whole show is based on all of us thinking of things we never thought about because that you know happens to me all the time. Uh, okay. So we got about 15 minutes left. Before Josie gets here, how are we doing on your on your uh, on your list that we started with? Um, and I love these we're digressions. Kind of halfway done. Some of the things okay. I wanted to do today. Yeah. Well, what you, let's get back well, to pre-industrial. Can again. go ahead and read more. Yeah. Okay. I got a trash can outside my or garbage outside my place. If you hear background noise, I got the windows open now because it's finally nice outside. <laughs> it's not like ninety-five degrees when I do the show. Yeah, it's raining here. Okay. Um, okay, so it says mem- membership unanimously adopted the Millennium Declaration at the Millennium Summit in the September of 2000 at the United Nations headquarters in New York. The summit led to the elaboration of eight Millennium Development Goals, which is the MDGs that I uh, said a couple minutes ago, to reduce mm-hmm. extreme poverty by 2015. The Johannesburg Declaration on Sustainable Development and the Plan of Implementation adopted as a World Senate on Sustainable Development in South Africa in 2002 reaffirmed the global community's commitment to poverty, eradication, and the environment and built on Agenda 21 in the Declaration by including more emphasis on multilateral partnerships. At the UN Conference on Sustainable Development, Development in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, in June of 2012, member states adopted the outcome document, The Future We Want, in which they decided inter alia to launch a process to develop a set of SDGs, which is Sustainable Development Goals, to build upon the MDGs, which was the Millennium Development Goals, 
and established the UN High-Level Political Forum on Sustainable Development, which I guess is like the 50-year experts or whatever. The Rio 20 Plus, it was that meeting, also mm-hmm. contained other measures for implementing sustainable development, including mandates for future programs of work and in development financing, small island developing states, and more. Island developing states. That, reminds, that sounds like city-states. I wrote an article back in 2014 uh, about the creation of the American city-states, where I figured that the Democrat cities should be isolated and cut off from the rest of the state, <laughs> where they could have their own little um, enclave, and they could tax themselves, and they could fund their own public transit, transportation. Basically, it's almost like the creation of 15-minute cities. That would be the Democrats to do that, and the rest of us normal folks could live outside those um, in, in the rest state. And so uh, it sounds like they're talking about these isolated, and it's very much like 15-minute cities, you know, that I, which I didn't even thought of at the time because I never even heard of it. Um, but the Millennium Goals, the, uh, the Agenda 21 Goals, the Paris Goals, they're all the same goals. I mean, the, the narrative never changes. They just change the name. They build on each other. Yeah. Those things have been going on for years in different areas around the world, even America. Yeah. So what do you think are – what's your idea of, of, uh, of, of a sustainable lifestyle? What do they, what do they consider adequate for, for – uh, you know, when they talk about we're going to have we're gonna no poverty and no this and no that, what are they talking about? Do they, they ever mention an income level or a, a level of property or a level of mobility or a level of housing? Do they ever specify what this looks like or is that all part of the hidden agenda? Hmm. Okay, have you heard of a girl? I forgot her name. She's become more prominent now uh, from North Korea, and she was talking about... Uh, North Korea? Wait like a minute. Start of it. Who's heard of anybody from North Korea that Kim Jong-un doesn't want out there? Well, North girl, Korea? Um, oh, wow. Yes. And she was talking about the start and the promises that he made and the reality of it. And usually whenever she's talking, you know, it's combating socialism and stuff and communism and how, you know, it's a lie. But I think it's, I think it's part of what oh, this she, is, oh, wait a minute. too. Because she, she was defect? saying he'll promise you food. Like, he'll give you this, I think she said it was stew, like, every day. You know, he'll feed you and everything if you just give him your property and different things like that. So what? I think it's kind of the same idea. It's like they'll make all of these promises, like, hey, we'll take care of you. Hey, we'll make this world a utopia for you if mm-hmm. you just, you know, give us all your rights and give us complete control. And then once we have complete control over every aspect of your life, we don't have to do anything that we said because we didn't intend to do any of it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And they can withhold the food and millions of people die. We didn't even know about the uh, the Russian famines, the Ukrainian famines. I mean, Russia... You know, Lenin or Stalin, I forgot, I think it might be Lenin, killed millions of Ukrainians simply driving to death in, in one of the richest farmlands in the world. How is that possible? Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious what they, you know, be, see if you can find out. Here's another, you know, research project if you're interested in finding out what life looks like under their sustainable development? What is sustainable? How much income are we talking about? And is, is, the, is it a world income? So in other words, is there a world standard of living, which is impossible because people in really poor countries, you know, with lots of people, uh, in order to have the same standard of living as you know, Hollywood, 
It's going to require a whole lot of money from Hollywood going to everywhere else in the world or, or any of those, any of our wealthier Greenwich, Connecticut, the richest you know, city in the country. Right. Uh, so, so if we're going to have a sustainable development, are they going to take all the money from the rich towns and distribute that money all over the world? You know, are they going to take all the people of the world and have them move into the United States for equity? I mean, that's what's happening now. We've got millions of people coming in. Are they coming in because they're, you know, under the Declaration, the UN Declaration of Human Rights, they have the same rights to our country that we do, which, of course, is nonsense. They don't. And yet that's what seems to be going on. So I'm wondering, you know... This uh, we, we keep thinking of the illegal alien invasion as the Democrats bringing in voters and, and cheap labor. But maybe there's more to it. Maybe this is part of the U.N. prophecy of, they think, of the Declaration of Human Rights, that everybody has the same rights to everything everybody else has. Which defies the, the whole reason for accumulating property is that you keep it, you know, you don't have to share it. Oh, gee, Greg, that's terrible. That's not, that's not uh, being fair or equal. Well, I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to say that if you work hard for property, it's yours. That's the whole reason for working hard yeah, for okay, property. But also, like, Go ahead. Just think, like, everybody having the same equal money. Like, like let's say you give 10 people $10, right? That's mm-hmm. all they have. Mm-hmm. If you come back five days later, the money that those 10 people have is going to once again be unequal. Mm-hmm. One person may, die, may decide they're not going to do anything with the money, and then you come back, they have $10. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody, I guess, got two sticks together and sharpened one, and so it looks like a pencil. And one of the other people thought, hey, that looks like a pencil. I want to buy it. And they go and they spend $5. Well, now that person has 5 and the other person has 15 And let's just say those three, you come back five days, and you have one with 10 one with five and one with 15. Now it's unequal again because somebody put, somebody didn't do anything. Somebody spent it and somebody. Yep. That's why the pilgrims almost died because uh, they, they did exactly the experiments you're talking about. They, they, they tried communism. They said, everybody's going to put what they grow into a common pool and people will take what they need, which is the philosophy of Marx from each according to his means. In other words, what's yours to each according to the needs, which is what other people want of yours. And so they tried this, and in the first year, they almost died because the people that decided not to work still got fed. They got as much as the people who worked really hard. Well, what happened was, and what always happens in a communist society, is the people that work really hard stop working really hard. They figure, why should they work hard? Yeah. Because everything they have is going to be given to people that don't work hard. And the people that don't, and the people that on the other end say, I'm not going to work. I'm going to get food anyway. Why, why do I care? That's like uh, where I disagreements when I have uh, Bianca von Krieger and she talks about um, universal income. No, that, that's universal laziness. <laughs> you, know, you can't have a situation where you pay people not to work uh, and expect them to work. That's illogical. That's crazy. Yeah, it's and like yet that's when John what, Smith you know, was governor uh-huh. um, over the Jamestown colony, he made everybody work. You know, he, he was like, okay, if, if you don't work, you don't eat. You know, we're we, we in a different situation here, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, you have to put in the effort. Um, right. Also, that was something in the Bible. It's like, you don't work, you don't eat. But, yeah. you know, with it, one of the theories is because people didn't want to work, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the theories was that they killed him whenever, um, I think his gun mm-hmm. blew up or backfire, something happened with the gun and he died, or they had to send him on a ship back, um, and I think he died. And after that, they kind of took over and were like, hey, 
this horrible governor that none of us like because we don't want to work is gone or changing things. And then it all kind of went downhill from there because they were lazy. They didn't prepare and they didn't want to work. And then it came around and instead of trying anything, they decided, oh, we'll just eat what's here. We'll eat these animals. We'll eat each other. Oh, wait, we're Mm -hmm. still starving to death. Should have done something. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's like you look at life on Earth and almost everything is trying to eat almost everything else. That includes plants, by the way, <laughs> you know, and plants are trying to defend themselves. They have chemical defenses, you know, thorns, you know, poisons, you know, peppers are hot. <laughs> There's a reason for all that. Those are plant defenses. But you look at uh, the, the, the system as, as the, earth, the earth operates, you know, most of, like the animals spend, what, 90% of their time looking for food. That's all they do. It's all looking for food. You know, and then they spend the other time, you know, making little animals <laughs> and raising them. But most of their time is spent you know, looking for food. Now, human beings, we're social. We don't have to do that. We found a way to work and actually sustain ourselves without spending 90% of our time looking for food. You know, we actually spend our time working, you know, and accumulating property and getting money and have a medium of exchange. So we don't have to do that. We also can preserve food. So animals can't preserve food. You know, they eat it now and that's it. Then it's gone. <laughs> you know, unless you're certain animals, you know, throwing like, the antelope up a tree for a couple of days, but for the most part, that's their like whole occupation. Squirrels. So it's, yeah, scroll it, you know, you know, acorns away, which is kind of cool. But for the most part, or the, the colony animals, you know, ants and bees and things like that, they, they've learned to cooperate. It's interesting that we're a level of, of ants and bees, but as human beings, we have more time because we don't have to work as much as pretty much everything else in the natural world. But the idea that human beings don't have to work is insane. That's not how, this, that's not how the earth functions. That's not, so everybody has to work in some way to produce enough to sustain yourself. So for those that want yeah, to pay people not to work. Yeah, and like this kind yeah. of, uh-huh. there's like internal thing where it's like humans themselves, like we want to work, like we want to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happens well, like a lot when you see like people retire. They a lot of them will go out and get like a small little job or they'll join something or they'll go and volunteer here or something. They'll go and do something, even though they're retired because mm-hmm. like, you know, like they have to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, also, it's really interesting that I see yeah, between, um, that I see between like Jamestown and like modern day is, you know, all these people, they weren't working or anything and stuff and got to the point they were like, oh, wait, I'm hungry, I need food. And, you know, one of the things they tried is, you know, going and stealing from the natives and they're eating all their food and everything. And then some of the natives were like, yeah, no thanks. And a lot of them were moving away and they're moving out of reach. And all these people are, and I guess the Jamestown colony is like, they weren't going to walk all that way. They weren't going to go out and try and find any other places to steal. They were just going to try and steal from the um, convenient places that were close. And so then they all moved away, and they're like, oh, darn. And you know, that was one of the contributing things. And you see that today, too, where people don't work and stuff. And whenever um, you're kind of just mooching off of other people. And I guess whenever that doesn't work, or even if it does, they go and they steal from anybody else that's convenient for them to steal from. Yeah. They've made mooching uh, honorable. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, they've made stealing yeah. from, from stores honorable. Pianki's got a couple of comments for us. I want to get him in. Uh, oh, interesting. Pianki made a comment. Tell her to watch Oliver Cromwell. I actually did that. <laughs> did you ever see that movie? Speaking of Divine Right of Kings and uh, no, Oppression and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so that's there. And also, I think I sent you Soylent Green. Uh, we'll talk about that sometime too. Pianki, we got a couple minutes before uh, Jesse gets here. What uh, what you got for us? I was going to tell her that 
ants and squirrels don't have to store food for winter in Africa. Well, that's interesting because of the climate. So what do the squirrels do in here in Florida? I guess they, they don't hibernate. They don't build nests. They, can, they, they got food year-round. That's why the warmer climates are better. They just are. That is ice interesting. Is not, so it's like adaptive ice, squirrels. Yeah, ice is not good for life. Climate change is good, especially when it warms up. So it gets back to the original thing. But, you know, you look at the, the sustainable development. The, what they're talking about is exactly what you're talking about, making, making mooching honorable. You know, we used to talk about the mooching class. You know, there's the working class and the mooching class. I think, I think we're onto something here. I was going to call them the parasite class, but I think mooching makes more sense because it's funny. <laughs> because like I think it's uh, more accurate. Yeah, go ahead, Pianchi. Human is developed in the equatorial region of Africa not in the northern region where you still coming from underneath what they have come to know the ice ages. You can't mm-hmm. grow up there. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that because you're, you're sort of our ancient history expert. Um, so Neanderthal and Cro-Magnon. So as I understand ancient history way back, that uh, I think either Neanderthals or Cro-Magnons or both, these are earlier forms before Homo sapien, um, I think they lived in ice age. It wasn't the Cro-Magnons that hunted the mammoths during the ice age. We're talking fifty thousand well, years ago, right? Neanderthal never have been found. Neanderthal remains, as far as I, last time I understood, never have been found on the continent of Africa, usually in southern Europe. But uh, you had uh, Australopithecus. You had. Uh, both Bose and Robustus, you had uh, you had uh, Homo habilis. They stayed in the trees. They couldn't stay on the ground because predators would eat them, try to kill them. So and how far back are we talking things, about? How far back are we talking about? So I want to try and put this in perspective. At least we got to Alexander the Great at 300 BC. Where are we now? How many um, millions of years ago? Well, that was before Alexander the Great was a homo sapien. sapiens. Right. Like no, I know that. I'm just saying. But I like to put timelines on things so we, we get a perspective. So how far back are we talking about? Well, so we're talking sapiens, four... sapiens supposed to, homo sapiens sapiens supposedly evolved around 200,000 years ago. But you were talking about going back like 1.6 million with Arsacopithecus. Okay. <clears throat> but the thing is, is that if climate... If the weather didn't change where it started thinning out the three trees and the canopies of the trees, because just like chimpanzees travel from tree to tree to tree, well, right. those women is the same. <clears throat> so when the weather starts thinning out the trees, well, that destroyed their highway. So they had to come on, they had to come to the ground to become hunter-gatherers. And then eventually they developed agriculture and formed communities and cities and then and started trading and away we go. So this, this is, I've got Josie here, so I'm going to get to her in just a second. But the timeline of this is fascinating. So if we have 1.5 million for Australopithecus, so Neanderthal was about when? And when was Cro-Magnon? Which some people would call Cro-Magnon, but it's a French word, Cro-Magnon. Well, anyway, well, Neanderthal. Well, Havlis had to get up off his is uh he 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 ran around on all fours but that wasn't fast because predators still could catch him so they became homo erectus then they began to use the bipedal movement for transportation for shelf yeah for two legs <laughs> folks for, the, for those that don't yeah. speak science yeah okay huh so i i'm just trying to get timelines before i i want to get to brianna's uh 
you know, last word here. But and then we got Josie. But just can you give me? A, and you may not know. We may have to look this up. But when was Neanderthal? I don't, and when I was, don't know. When was Cro-Magnon? I don't know. Well, I'll look those up. Modern human beings is about a couple hundred thousand years ago, and we will change physically as weather change. You know, if the temperature starts getting because of constellation movements, and the temperature started getting up above 108 degrees, where for human beings today to adapt, they would have to adapt to survive. You have to lose weight. <laughs> you could have to lose weight and uh, you know get darker skin right. so we can be up, be up in the sun more. Yeah, you yeah darker skin and less weight. Side of mountains with a big yeah. butt and it pull you back down. <laughs> Brianna, let me get you in here before you have to leave. What, what do you think of all this? And we'll get to Josie. This is fascinating. Yeah. Um, I found a Google. <laughs> it says that Neanderthals lived about 130,000 and 40,000 years ago. Okay. How about Cro-Magnons? Cro-Magnon? Crow. C-R-O-M-A-G-N-O-N. Cro-Magnon. It was the, it was the last you know, non-homo sapien oh, okay. form of, of, of humus. So Neanderthals evolved into Cro-Magnons, Cro-Magnons evolved into us modern folks. And we've adapted too. If you, if you, okay. uh, if you look at a subway 40, in 1940. 10,000 years ago. So okay, so were, that's interesting. So the Cro-Magnon was like right after Neanderthals. Which means they're right after the Ice Age because the last Ice Age was about 50,000 years ago. Yeah. So if, so if Cromanian lived to 10,000 years ago, Jesus was only 2,000 years ago. So we're talking, this is like, you know, so ancient history is between 10 and uh, 2,000 years ago. So we've got like an 8,000-year stretch uh, of ancient history that we need to kind of look into. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. And then find out which There's ones were so world governments. There's so much government. history. Yeah, well, we're going to cover it. We got, we got uh, the rest of our lives. <laughs> We got time, but let's uh, let's start looking into ancient uh, governments and, and and world takeover attempts, and we'll see if you can find some commonality. Let's get your uh, your sign off, and uh, we'll do it next week. And of course, you're welcome to stick around and listen. Uh, but thank you, Brianna. Good report. All right, this is Brianna Cannon with Government Inquiry on Action Radio. Goodbye. Thank you again. She started off as a poor child in Nicaragua living under communism. And now she is a prosperous small businesswoman with a great family, living the dream as an American citizen. Josie Cossie knows all about both worlds, communism and freedom. She knows where your dreams can come alive and where they can die very quickly. And so her report is as much from experience as knowledge, and her passion and crusade are very real. With connections all over Central and South America, Josie brings you the world south of the U.S. border from personal experience, living, not just reporting, what's happening. And now, the Latina Report with Josie Cossey. Yeah, I bet you didn't expect that discussion when you called in this morning. <laughs> hey. Buenos dias. Good morning. Buenos dias. ¿Cómo está, chica? Hello. Muy bien, muy bien. Very right. good. Buenos dias. Breakfast is served. Breakfast is served. What's on the menu <laughs> no, this morning, Bianchi? No <laughs> Don't make me hungry. I got to, I got another two hours of show to do. What's <laughs> But it's a beautiful day today. It is. I got the doors open. Yeah, yeah it's it, fall Boy, fall yeah. arrives. Now here, have you noticed that fall arrives like one day? All of a sudden it's here. It's like one day yeah. it's like hundred and two and the next day it's you know eighty five. 
uh, and also and it's clear and cool What's the and the humidity. Outside, you know? uh, I got my let me let me check my phone weather here, as I have the Weather Channel um, handy. It is now in Milton, Florida, the We're center of the Milton. universe. Mm-hmm. It is now. Wait a minute. We're getting it. Sixty-eight degrees. Isn't that great? Oh, that's beautiful. It's Sixty-eight degrees. Perfect. That's... Yeah. Yeah, I got the fans on. I got the windows open. I'm having a great time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's beautiful. Beautiful. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hey, well, before you get I started, was, um, I, I got a treat for you. <laughs> I found an old air check from my college radio days. Pianki hasn't heard this either. Uh-huh. You guys want to laugh? Yes. This is this is how this is me in 2016 at uh, KOHL 89.3. This is Ohlone College, which is a little uh, community college in Fremont, California, and we made these air checks in case you know, we want to get jobs and things, right? So so uh, this is me as a college DJ. And she'll always get the best of me. The worst is yet to come. But I It's 3 o'clock with Craig. In the next half hour, we have The Vamps, Dawin, and Daya. Now, here's 21 Pilots on 89.3 KOHL. I wish I found some better sounds no one's ever heard. Do you believe that? Still sounds the same voice. Oh, the same voice. Yeah, but the funny part is all the, all the other college DJs were like 18. They all sound like Brianna. Yeah. <laughs> it is <That's> me. <laughs> with this mature voice, you know, blasting out. You know, they blasted my voice into the quad. You know, cause they, well, not just me, they did everybody. But the radio station had, was on speaker. And all of a sudden, he had these like 18-year-old uh-huh. voices and then, and uh, now the mature voice guy. <laughs> anyway, so that was just kind of funny. So what's, uh, what's on your mind? I was listening to uh, you and Brianna, and, you know, you mm-hmm. guys are talking about the newspaper, how thick, especially Sunday paper, how thick it used to be, not yeah. anymore. Uh, everything uh-huh. is online. So this climate this climate change, Bologna, it should be gone because look at how many trees we're saving. And, and, and like one of my biggest companies, Cherokee, they own everything. Mm-hmm. And they go, we're going to go green. So everything, all the invoices and all your parking slip and all these other things is going to be in your email. I said, yeah, it's going to be going green in your pocket. I told him, I sent him a letter. I said, it's going to be green in your pocket, but not mine, because I have to waste time printing all these invoices. Mm-hmm. My paper, my my uh, uh, fax machine, my uh, uh, printer machine, it's my money. So I'm spending more money and more time now in order to get all these invoices from my store. Then you can mail me. You're saving all this money. This is this is a bunch of baloney, you know. Go green. Well, yeah, right. It's this interesting. Is a, this is a it's, radical left mentality. Well, no, it's interesting though because you you know we have saved you know probably millions of acres of trees. And in the New York Times, the Sunday edition of the New York I'm Times, sure. I don't know I don't know how many hundred acres it took for each Sunday paper. I mean, it was an amazing amount. All those trees have been saved. Uh-huh. You know, the, 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 the paper can be used. And we don't use anywhere near as much paper as we used to use. People are not photocopying. They're not making records. All computer backups are done on computer, cloud, yeah. you know, special storage things and stuff like that. So the amount of information, if we had used paper for the amount of information that's out there, there wouldn't be any trees left. You know, and so people, and we talked oh. about that from like, like horse poop in London. There were in the 1800s that by 1950, London w- would be under 10 feet mm-hmm. of horse poop. Well, the, yeah. we invented the automobile. And you didn't have to worry about that. And so technology has a way of, of, of solving so many of the problems. 
because we find a way. And then sooner or later, we'll have hydrogen fuel cells and atomic power everywhere. You know, you're, you're back to the future, you know, Mr. Fusion <laughs> on your car, you know, and, and suddenly we'll have these things and you won't have to worry about uh, the organic fuels because we won't need them. But right now we do. You know, so it, it's fascinating. Yeah, go ahead. And while I was thinking here, and the mm-hmm. other thing is we don't take no more paper checks. Everybody's staying with a debit, you know? Yep. So mm-hmm. we don't take plastic. checks anymore. Don't have to. Yeah, everything is Which plastic. Which means you don't have to store them. So anyway, you don't have to store them. You don't have to put them change. away. It's a force. Yeah. yeah. But I don't, I don't see that as a problem. I see that as a good thing. But the thing is the environmentalists are not t- talking about that. They're not saying, look what we've done. Isn't this wonderful? The Internet has saved billions of trees. No, they're not saying that. They don't do that exactly. They're not saying that, and they're not lowering the prices on my goods or, or give me more discounts. Instead, mm-hmm. they're, they're just giving me free shipping if I buy so much and those. You know, how about you have auto to pay? Buy so many pieces and those. So huh? you have like a, if you have a regular account, like if you on your regular accounts, you know, electricity things like that. Yeah, if you go auto pay, pay, they give you they give you a discount because that's less paper and less less uh, computer time and less no, uh, trouble me, for them. They don't give me discounts. No, there's only one company that gives me discount if I pay early the invoice. It gives you like a 1% or something like that, but Mm -hmm. it's measly, not that much, but but anyway. Um, Well, as long as you're sustainable. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's a train, like, I don't know how long was that train that I was watching on this video that Bernie was putting on his program, you know, because he's our friend and we watch it every, almost every day. Uh-huh. Uh, thousands of thousands of illegals are in a train coming. Uh, mm. They left Panama and they're coming yep. through. They're, they're yep. heading to Mexico. To I know exactly here. what you're talking about. Yep, and and it's not. This isn't a comfy train. This is these are cattle cars. These are open trains where they would yeah. store, you know, grain or coal. The, the, you have young men just literally standing in these train cars. Well, apparently a lot of them are, are dying because yep. they're falling out. They're losing yep. arms because they're hanging out and things are happening. But they don't care. Cartels don't care. But, here, but my suggestion was that, we, that Texas needs to charter Amtrak trains and send all their illegals to New York and Washington uh, and Los Angeles. And just they should be chartering trains, too. Not, not the cattle cars, mm-hmm. you know, but, yeah. uh, but, so, but they're, they're coming by train load. So, oh, yeah. It was packed. What, yeah. My uh-huh. goodness. And most of them, if you notice the video, most of them are men. Yeah. Most of them are men coming in. So, they got something up their sleeve, these Democrats. Well, not, let, not let me good. ask you this. Let me ask you this. So, I, so my, uh, I talked about this with Brianna, that we, we assume that these you know, young men are coming in um, to either work and send money home, uh, or they're coming yep. in, as you're suggesting, to be as, as possible invasion army force, um, or yep. as uh, Bianca suggests, you know, when she's on Wednesday, that uh, these are um, sheep labor. So both Democrats and Republicans and their, their donors get rich. Um, but I'm thinking... No. I'm proposing mm-hmm. that this is part of the UN, that the United Nations, the, the UN Declaration of Human Rights, says that we're all equal, which means everybody has a right to what everybody else has, which is a bunch of nonsense. So is this a way well, to equalize the United States with India, <laughs> you know, or Chad, or I don't know, pick a country that that's, uh, has a whole well, lot of poor people in it? Cuba. This is well organized by the United Nations, no doubt about it. Oh, so yeah. what's their role? That's what in they it? do, and George okay. Soros and uh, some of the Catholic 
uh, organizations and other organizations, Jesus, Jesus, or whatever the name is. Jesuits. God, I cannot pronounce Jesuits, yeah. I think yeah. that's what you mean. They're uh-huh. all organizing to bring all the illegals, to, like they did in Germany, and they mm-hmm. did it uh, to France, uh, to UK. I mm-hmm. mean, they're bringing thousands and thousands of criminals to their countries. I remember in Germany, women were getting raped if they were a skirt because a lot of them were Muslim. And uh, and they don't want you to wear a short skirt because if if you wear one, they think you're a prostitute and they want to rape you. So a lot of a lot of women were yeah. getting raped in, in Germany for a mm-hmm. long time. So and, do you think uh, there's any and, you know, people... uh, Go ahead, Bianchi. Yeah. Another reason they bring them through is because they're Catholics and Catholics Catholic religion is dying. Well, that's, that was the point so, I was going to make, is that these are Muslims that are being brought in all through Europe. You know, so they're bringing poor folks in through the United States, and they're bringing Muslims from, you know, I think in, Algerians are going to France, uh, and they say they want to be Algerian. I think Algerians are Muslim. Algeria is a Muslim country. Um, but a lot of mm-hmm, these folks that are yeah. coming in from all these different countries, they're, they're Muslim into Christian Europe. It's like the Crusades in reverse. That's by design. Yeah, yeah. See, they, and, and they, they do want, that because they where they come from is not you know? developed. Okay, okay, one at a time. Let's yeah, go well, Pianchi, then Josie. Pianchi, go ahead. Yeah, Josie, where they come from is not developed. What they want to do is bring their religion and come to developed countries like Europe and the United States. Their countries are nowhere near developed because of the way it's ruled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Josie? So... So what what they're doing is they're bringing all these people to fight us. Um, <clears throat> uh, the criminal left, communist, Democrats are going to use all these people. That's what they're catering to them. They're giving it up to four thousand dollars a month. Uh, some of them are getting. Uh, they're catering with fancy hotels in New York City. Mm-hmm. They're doing a lot to cater to them, and this is very sad. With our tax dollar payer money, that's what they're using. And these people are going to be fighting us. Uh, I believe they're, that's exactly what's going to happen. So that's well, my so many, view on the illegals so many, coming in. Yeah, but there's so many people allowing this to happen. Congress has not cut off the money for this. They're still, they're still funding these people. They're still sending aid to the states to, to, to do this. Uh, they're still funding the, the NGOs by Catholic charities to, uh, to distribute illegal aliens throughout our country. So Congress hasn't done anything about this. Obviously, Brandon is an illegal government, so they don't care. There's, there's no laws or rights or anything that affects them. They don't care. Uh, there's nobody else who can do something about it. There's no governor that says we're going to get all the illegals out of our state through civil asset forfeiture and seizing the companies hiring them and seizing the churches that are supporting them. So they're not doing anything about it. The only person who might be no. doing something about it uh, is, is Greg Abbott in Texas, but he's only sending bus loads when he should be sending train loads. He's a loser. He's a loser because, you know, Greg, uh-huh. in Texas, there's a few empty Walmarts. And they have five to 6,000 little children. They're being raped in, in, in traffic. And he should have went with his military or whatever mm-hmm. it takes to National take Guard. all those children away from this radical left communist traffickers, which is our government. And he's not doing anything. I go to bed crying almost every night just praying for these little kids because a two-year-old is having sex uh, ten times a day. And when I was at the event in Miami, a four-year-old, one of the ladies was describing that he didn't have no bowel movement, no more, uh, because they destroyed that little boy. 
and, and this is what's happening with our government using our taxes to traffic all these children and all Ted Cruz and all this Abbott have to do is just go in there and rescue all those children away from these people, and they're not mm-hmm. doing that. And I'm so no, disappointed not. with the leaders in Texas right now. Well, no, the, but it's, it's, in fact, you're absolutely right, and there's a whole cabal of people that are not doing anything. They're not seizing companies. They're not seizing, you know, the, the, the Catholic charity organization buses and everything else. They're not, and we talked about this, you know, you, me, and Pianchi talked about this yeah. early on. Yeah, when, when Brandon first opened the border, we said the Texas National Guard, the entire Texas National Guard needs to be at the, the U.S. border, which is also the Texas border, and say, you're not coming in. And then arresting yeah. any federal yeah. officer that tries to, to let people in. Say, no, you're not coming in. Well, I don't care where gay, you go, but you're not coming well, in. Gay, crim, gay criminal Obama brought 90,000 children. And where are the children? A lot of them were trafficked. They vanished. Right now we have 85,000 illegal children that came through that border. They deported the parents, and the par- there's still some parents, according to some of the people that I have seen videos, their mm-hmm. parents still hanging around in Mexico waiting for their children to come back, being sent back by our government. And guess what? Children, they're not coming back. They're not coming back. They're using it for sex trafficking, organ trafficking, adrenochrome, and also a lot of the carcass of the babies after they do all that. It's in a lot of the fast food restaurants. And this has been going on oh, for wait, a okay. long time. Okay, we'll stop right there. Time. Stop right there. Okay, I was with you up until I've been well, okay. else. So, so wait a minute. So, so all right, let's, 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 let's take a look at this and see if, if this goes through the logic and reason filter. You're saying that baby parts are ending up in fast food restaurants. Explain that. Yes. It's been going on for a long time. I do not believe it. That's why... I started buying my I house. don't believe it. That's why I'm life. asking you. That doesn't, okay, that doesn't make okay. sense. You don't have to believe it. But t- well, no, explain it. it. That's what I'm saying. I, you know, just because I don't believe it doesn't mean you can't explain it. So tell me. Tell me more. The ground I, beef. The ground beef is fully contaminated with human meat. Uh, and meat, how, rat meat. what's the source on this? Uh, I have seen videos. Uh, in the past, it's been a long time, and no, I, I need just sources. didn't want to believe it. I need reputable yeah, I journalistic I... sources. Okay, so here's the problem. Okay, so again, remember, we, I, I always like to draw a line between uh, a real conspiracy okay. and one that doesn't make sense. Okay, so here's here's what makes sense to me: uh, human trafficking, sex crimes. Doesn't make I understand sense that. that they're killing you with a vaccine. Doesn't make sense. That makes sense too. Dead with a vaccine. Okay, I understand okay. that. Now here's here's, here's uh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Either Here's something that's really. Has baby okay, yeah. I see. Now yeah. this, I need to. I, you got to give me some evidence on that because I'm not with you on that one. All right. So to I me, that that's. I was by a Spanish, by a Spanish guy, but he's he's such a good guy, and I didn't expect that coming out of his mouth about Gatorade, potato chips. And uh, last night I was watching a small video by uh, Kanye West. He's saying the same thing. They're poison, and he's showing all these. Fritos, uh, Cheetos, so is uh, this, candy. Is this Soylent it, Green in real life? It has lead. In huh? Do you remember the movie Soylent Green? No. 1973, Soylent Green. Um, I won't give away. I try not to give away the plot, but in other words, the, but what you're talking about is, is is what's in the film. So, are you saying that that body parts and and uh, you know actual you know, like aborted babies are actually ending up in the food supply? I find that yes, sir. Unbelievable. Yes. 
Okay, they to are. the point where I because just... Because they have thousands you, of thousands every you year. you got to give me a source. Our family... family so in other words, Planned uh, Parenthood... Oh, wait a minute. Services. Hold on. So, so Planned Parenthood is aborting babies and putting it in the food supply. Or yes. they're ending up there. Okay, That's I don't believe true. it. All right, That's I find true. that... Okay, now this is um, like I say. I just because I don't believe it now doesn't mean I won't believe it in the future. But you're you're, you're going to have to provide a really good source on that. Donald that, Trump and the intelligent military will provide all of it, so you eyes can see it and hear it. Your okay. little ears will hear the whole My little thing. Ears. <laughs> They're going to provide all of it, all of it. Okay. Trust me. All right. They've okay. been so, working so, so hard with everything. Yeah, so to me that's over they the think, line. That's over the line. That's like chemtrails. Yeah, that's yeah, over the line of things that I that I don't so believe. It is. the vaccine, Greg. The vaccine is oh, over no, the line. No, a lot of the people in my church will go, oh, my God, but why will my doctor insist that I have the shots and the boosters? I said, because they make money. all this money. Yeah, that's yeah, a different, that I understand that. Money. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, Let's so but this is, no, this is critical. This is why I, I, I like talking about these things with you and why we do this every week is that because there is a line. Uh, I, I think everybody has their own line that they will draw. And I, a lot of I've been talking to a whole bunch of folks off the air and that, that we think there's a, there's a big distraction between the, the, what we consider real threats, serious threats, uh, illegal aliens. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the, the water. They're poisoning us with all the water. Everything is okay. in bottled water. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's, uh, uh, every time I drink water, I, I, I pray. I say, Lord, just bless what I'm going to take right now into my body uh-huh. because it's disgusting. You know. Well, All we got Milton water. water. Put Milton water through a, a filter. If you put Milton water through a filter, it doesn't have fluoride in it. So actually, Milton water is not bad. No, we're not talking about fluoride, Greg. We're talking about poison. These people are poisoning all the bottled water, all the bottle uh-huh. in your, all the water in your system that comes out of the faucet. They've been doing this for a long, long time. My girlfriend, uh, I think I told you last week, the Coca-Cola, they let the water sit for 36 hours because if you try to attempt to drink it right away, you'll be poisoned. So with our water, with our food, now they're injecting uh, tomatoes, they're injecting fruits, watermelon, papaya. I have to look at the label, but you know what? I don't, I don't even trust the labels either anymore. Certain labels with such a little logos, they're Bill Gates because Bill Gates is paying Mexico. It's paying in many countries sending uh, vegetables and fruit to the United States, and it's being contaminated. So they're trying yeah, I've, to I've stopped buying. Uh, this is happening yeah. in America. I, I found uh, wow. um, what used to be my, my natural honey product I bought in the stores, and it was raw honey, unfiltered, natural. And then I looked on the label, and it says from Brazil, Argentina, Mexico, and different countries. So it's like, there's no control over those countries. You have no idea if they're organic or not. You have no idea if it's raw or unheated or exactly. unfiltered. Well, you so come I stopped, and I stopped get buying the honey it. at my store. Well, that'll yeah. do. Yeah, well, exactly. come and get oh. honey at my store. Okay, it's where's raw your store? honey. We only filter yeah. it one time. Yeah. Uh, I, should, I should come once a week to your store. Cheap. Yeah. This huge company uh, that sells all the honey in the market in Pensacola market, they're liars. They're buying huge barrels of honey from other places. It's not really local honey, and they sell What's the company? local honey. So, let's, let's name names. If you know about uh, it, you can name Hill, Hill, uh, Hill Honey or something like that. I cannot okay. think of the name right now. Yeah. Sure. But if, you, if you've got real sources on that, that they're, I, don't mind, I don't mind naming names if you have good sources. Not a problem. Uh, the good source is because uh, when we were running low on honey, 
the beekeeper group is here, oh, so-and-so is buying honey from there. If you want to buy uh, $1,200 for a big barrel of honey. My husband said, no, because I'll be lying to people. This is not local honey. They can buy it at the store if that's the case. You know, we're not going to be cheating and lying to people that it's local honey and it's not. Yeah. You know, wild honey sells it for them too. So, you know, but it's, all of it is not local. They bring it from, because they sell so much. How could it be so local? But it's not. Anyway. Yeah. Um, no, uh, Bianca's got a couple of comments he made on, on live chat. He's got uh, Charlton Heston and Soylent Green. Should we give away the plot? I don't want to do that. I want people to watch it first. But uh, the second one, is, he says yeah, the U.S. Yeah, don't give the plot. Don't, yeah, don't says the US, it. Yeah, okay. So I, I sent it to Brianna as well as, well as Cromwell. So, so I'm trying to get her caught up in all the films that we grew up with. Uh, anyway, so Jack says a U.S. inspector, and he's on the line too. So this is a U.S. inspector from USDA is on site at foreign industries that export to the United States. However, who's to say they aren't being bribed? I don't know if I would trust a USDA inspector at a foreign port because they're still in that foreign country. So Pianchi, tell me about that. How much do you trust those inspectors? Get it back online. Hello. Oh, yeah, well. They are there. Yeah, they, <laughs> there he is. they there. You have you have to call them in as soon as you want something to be uh, labeled as organic. They you have to provide tests with the test of soil and show where it has not had chemicals on it within the last number of years. Hmm. Are these the same people like the FDA that say the uh, COVID jab is safe and effective? <laughs> I'm just a little skeptical of government <laughs> right now. Just, just call me crazy, but you know. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if there's one world government, then that honey would be local because the whole world would be local. Yeah, well, so that makes <laughs> one world. Yeah, no, actually, that makes a lot of sense. So that would be like one world economy. We're talking about that with Brianna. Exactly. <laughs> I was, I was saying, yeah, if, it's, if, it's, if they want sustainable uh, life, then what do they consider sustainable? How much income is sustainable? How much food is sustainable? What, what's, what's the plan? And do we all have to have the same amount? And the only way to get, you know, equity is to take from anybody that has more than the standard to give to anybody that has less, less, less than the standard, and that's communism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that means the people that don't work are going to keep not working and taking, and the people that do work are yeah. going to stop working because what's the point? They're going to get uh, fed anyway. And then, of yep. course, the, the world government that's cuts off all the food. All and, about. Yeah, and then the, then the communists you, cut off all the food the except for themselves. And you continue yeah. working. Yeah. yeah. Not hey, Josie, here's a question. Uh, go um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Get the question. All right. So my question is, have you noticed that not a single politician has, has had any health issues or died from a COVID shot? You're right. Absolutely. Because they're no member of Congress. Yeah, exactly. So no member of Congress, no governor, no attorney general. I, you know, and look worldwide. How many leaders, how many world leaders have had any kind of complications or deaths or injuries from a COVID shot? I can't think of any, except for the yep. two that were killed. Yep. They were killed. I think Jamaica and the other one was killed because they refused to have mass uh, COVID jabs for their people. But other than that, they were killed. That's different. Yeah. Well, they how many the Haitian president because he, didn't, Haitian president. he rejected the killer vaccines to come to their country. Right. Um, and talking about the vaccine, Greg, the mm-hmm. new vaccine uh, was only uh, used, they used eight mice. That's it. The FDA have not approved it, but mm-hmm. they're marketing like like if the FDA, CDC, and all that are mm-hmm. all in it and all that. It's all a lie, pure lie. 
So I'm encouraging everybody not to take this new vaccine. And, and some people are already, like, going crazy with the mask. I'm selling masks again, you know, because I bought so much of the uh, uh, N- KN95. So there's a lot of older folks coming to buy masks at my store. And, and I, I'm sharing a lot of the videos from Dr. Artis and uh, Dr. Jim Thorpe and uh, also Action Radio. I've been sending it to some of my friends on Messenger. Because we were the first one reporting the truth a long time yeah. ago. Oh, well, listen, so, yeah, March 2nd. Was, remember that show, March 2nd? Yeah. I should play that. Uh, well, no, I can't play it. It's already there. But anybody that wants it. to go, go back to our March 2nd, 2020 mm-hmm. show. Yeah. It's easy to find. I'll post it on Facebook. I posted we it a bunch of times. We were talking about it, yeah. Way oh, you were? Okay, well, I'll tell you what, just, just for the fun of it, while we're talking, I'm going to move my screen around. I will put that on your Facebook Messenger so you can share it. Yeah, go ahead. Now, I've done this. I've done yeah. it a bunch of times. You know, it's, it's out there. I have a like a template of all the, the great. I got the shows with Dr. Zelenko. I got the Judy Mikevich shows. I've got the show with yes. Bill Gertz, who told us about the Wuhan lab on February 25th when he had you know a cold or COVID. You know, yeah. it's all there. So let me just let me just find the original yeah. show. So I uh-huh. I encourage people to stand. Do not cave them for the new uh, uh, vaccine coming in right. or the mask mandate. Uh, there's a lot of people in some uh, up north uh, places that they're getting the shots and all that. You know what? A lot of them are Democrats, so I don't know. They're killing their own people. So well, it's, that's, uh, no, no, stop right sad. there. That's just, that is, oh, it's sad, but it's also hysterical. So, so the left have actually found uh, uh, a COVID jab that kills the left because they're the ones taking it. Call me crazy. Yeah. But I find that yeah. fascinating. Okay. Right. Because a lot of a lot of nurses, they bought the cars. They took some of them took one shot, and they said no more and pay for it. The car. A lot of teachers in a lot of the colleges that I personally know, they they bought the car, but they were uh, telling the students to take the vaccine. Uh-huh. We believe our military knew about the plan because we're in World War Three, literally. So our military knew. So a lot of the vaccine, uh, Bernie was talking that it was sailing. A lot of the vaccine that was given to the military. So not all the military will die. But in a war, some die and some don't. So that's where we act with the vaccines. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's sad, but it has to be this way. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, I did not know uh, – and I'm so happy that we did not stay in our hotel January the 6th because they were planning, my group, uh, that we went in three limousine buses that we were sent by Turning Point USA. Uh, oh. They were going to put us in a hotel, and then uh, they decided, that we got invited, a lot of the Christians we went, and uh, at, the, at the end they changed their mind that we were not going to stay in D.C. at all, that it was too dangerous, that we were going to be outside. Uh, DC in a hotel when we when we got there and and then when the event ended we just took off coming back home thank God because Laura Logan was talking in a program saying that many many of the Patriots Trump supporters were arrested in the hotel while they went back to the hotel they came knocking on the door of a lot of people were arrested like that I just did not know so I was like wow so I said. Praise the Lord that we didn't stay in a hotel in D.C. because that's exactly what happened there. 
So how would they have corruption. known so fast? Now, wait a minute. How would they have known so fast all the, uh, the January 6th supporters of the Constitution who were there to be able to go to their hotel rooms that night? How would they have known that fast? I, I truly believe that they were connected with the hotel because a lot of people came with all dressed up like Trump supporters, like we mm-hmm. did when we spent the night uh, the night before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we got there the night before. Uh, mm-hmm. We did spend the night in uh, D.C., well, kind of like outside D.C. a little bit. Uh, and uh, they see you with your Trump uh, hat and T-shirt and all that. But I think they already had a list of names of people because ah, they had cameras. There had you cameras go. Right. Because they... They were showing pictures of me with my goggles and next to the steps of the Capitol in the back, in the back part of the Capitol, because I, my knee was hurting. I couldn't go up the steps when a lot of people were trying to help me. I said, no, 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 my knee's in severe pain. I just stayed down the steps uh, when people were going inside. Uh, for, but they went inside from the front, not the back. So there's pictures of me in a few places that they focused on my face, so that's what they were doing, recognizing and pulling names. I don't know how many people, how many teams they had, but that's exactly what they were doing, taking pictures of people and coming after you. And and I did not know about the hotel until uh, yesterday. I heard uh, Laura Logan talking about it. So it's uh, it's sad what these people have done, and those people are still in prison. And no one is doing nothing about it. That's what's really, really painful uh, to hear. There's a lot of veterans, a lot of good people that they were innocent. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. like if I was arrested. I'm a businesswoman, Christian woman. I'm not fighting. I'm not hurting anybody. I just went in, in March and mm-hmm. supported my president. Yeah. That's, See, that's all the thing. I did. January 6th was, well, the third hour we're going to be talking about the John Eastman trial and how John Yu has said what we've been saying, you know, since uh, January 6th, that the uh, Trump electors are fair game, that uh, the states could ratify them and uh, decertify their Brandon electors, that Mike Pence could have sent the electors back to the states, that this is all part of the coup. Mike Pence is part of the coup. You know, all the Republicans that went along with this are part of the coup. Uh, there's, a, there's 148 uh, House members, Republicans, and I think 12 senators that voted against the Brandon electors. Well, they're the only, they're the only patriots out there. Everyone else is part of the coup. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty, it's not true. bad out of 400. It's about a third. Yeah. Go ahead, Bianchi. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. That's true. Yep. So we're going to talk about that in the third hour. And I just post on live chat for, for Marco and everybody uh, that original show, March 2nd. You know, the, the title was kind of funny. Uh, Chloroquine Elderberries and mm-hmm. Daylight Savings Time. <laughs> That's what we talked about, chloroquine, elder, elderberries. Hey, Josie, have you heard that show lately? For because uh, you're on it. I don't know if Peggy, Peggy no. might be, but you're on it. March second of 2020, you're on that. Oh, really? L- listen to the second hours. I already put in your messenger, and it's on my Facebook page, so it's okay, public. Anybody good. can I'll see it, right? It. So listen to the second. The first hour was any Delgado. Don't worry about that. Just bypass that. Just go right to the second hour. Mm-hmm. Start the show. Use the timeline when the when the timeline appears okay. at the top. The second hour is fascinating. And who is that guy from Pennsylvania that used to call in? Do you remember him? The yoga guy? Oh, yeah. Smart guy? Yeah, he's there. Yeah, I don't know him. I forgot his name. I don't know him. He used to say more. Yeah. Yeah. 
You save okay. more lives than follow people with that information. Elderberry, vitamin C, you said uh, vitamin D and uh, zinc. Yes, you did. Wow. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But, it, you know, I think it was a cooperative effort. Now, do you guys also remember yeah. when we had the, the, the Dr. Zelenko Action Radio Coronavirus Clearinghouse on Facebook? Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was I disabled. That. I talked to Dr. Zelenko, actually. Oh, you got it. So, so there's call. two shows by him. You can look up both shows by him. Just go to any of our broadcast mm-hmm. shows. The top window is a search window. You put Action Radio, comma, mm-hmm. Dr. Zelenko, and those two shows will show mm-hmm. up. And so anybody can look up anything. The search is really good. Uh, I didn't even know about it until about a year ago. <laughs> I'm low tech. Um, but uh, I search episodes all the time. And what I do is I've, I've got the, the big ones, you know, on, on one file mm-hmm. on my computer. But, uh, yeah, some of those shows are amazing. You know, listen to Bill Gertz. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was talking, and, but that's that show that you and I were talking about, we talked about uh, COVID being a flu bug. This is March 2nd. This is two weeks before the 15 days to slow the spread. We're talking about COVID as a bioweapon. We're talking about it as a flu bug. We're saying that we've already got a cure in chloroquine. There is no pandemic. This is a bunch of nonsense. And why would you, why would you work on a vaccine that takes 15 years when you've got cures already? We were mm-hmm. so far sure. ahead of everybody else. So far ahead. And yet, so, that's when so the censorship true. started. Yeah, and this is what's frustrating because Bianchi talked about saving lives. My problem is I regret how many more lives we could have saved if that information was out there. And not just us, everybody was talking about it. But we were way, way ahead. It's quite mm-hmm. fascinating. And we can still yeah. save lives by showing yes. them how to detox. And see, yep. none of the doctors came forward telling us that because a lot of the doctors, they want you to buy their products. But yep. Dr. Artis, he just sent you straight to Amazon and said, you need to detox with nicotine. 2% to start with, or you can do the patch. And for anybody vaccinated, that's how you start. And, of course, you need to um, – you can take ivermectin because ivermectin is very good. Um, yeah, get rid of your parasites on your at weight, the same that's time. how you take it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got to do that. Greg, I do a, a, yeah, go ahead. The other thing I wanted to touch on, remember the Las Vegas massacre shooting October oh, yeah. 1st, 2017? At the Jason, 59 Al- dead, Jason Aldean. Yeah, Jason Aldean, who was uh, the one that did that song about small towns in America. You know, we're a small town in America. Uh-huh. We don't put up with this crap. Yeah, same person. Yeah, go ahead. Tell me. Yeah. Um, I was listening to, it's like an hour video uh, about Trump and about his visit to the Middle East, visit to uh, Vietnam, to India, to China, all these places where, where he went, you know, uh, Saudi Arabia especially. Um, but I was listening to this report, and um, they were talking about the Las Vegas shooting, that it was well organized by the criminals uh, to get even with Trump. This is well organized by them. And uh, ex al Crown Prince, uh, he was planning, excuse me, he was planning to murder Ben Salman the new crown prince of uh, Saudi Arabia, you know, and Trump saved his life. So that's why, I don't know if you have seen a video where uh, they give the sword to Donald Trump and they did the dance sword and no oh, one. The, oh, I remember the, I remember the sword dance. Yeah, the Secret Service must have loved that. But uh, yeah, Trump dances with a bunch of uh, Saudis sword with swords. Now, it's, here's something really interesting. Because, go, go ahead. Okay, so because, I remember that. Go ahead. No, you, you first. All right. So the Saudi visit because was fascinating. Donald Trump saved <laughs> Donald Trump saved his life because the ex uh, Crown Prince 
Alawi, Alwali, Alwali, excuse me. He uh-huh. was uh, he was planning to murder Ben Salman, the new crown prince, and Donald Trump saved his life. How did he do uh, that? He How did he save his life? Huh? How did he save his life? He saved his life. How? Uh, they're not saying specifically how, but Q Pulse 117 uh, uh, gave a hint about it. And I guess since Donald Trump is in full control of State Force, um, he, they're saying he's rescued his life. So then he, you didn't hear it on the news and all the stuff. So that's why when Donald Trump went to Saudi Arabia, they allowed him to get the uh, the the sword. So what happens is when Donald Trump went through all this country, all the country that he visited, they submitted to him that they're going to be on board with what's coming soon. Uh, so I just wanted to touch that on a little bit. Okay, that. now hold on, hold but, on. Uh, let's let's go over this a little bit because here's what I know, and I, I don't yeah. know about submitting, but so here's what I know about about Saudi Arabia. So if you save the crown prince, that's great. Um, I know that uh, Trump had good relations with Saudi Arabia. That Saudi Arabia was yes. key to the, Abra- the the Abraham Accords. Uh, that Jared Kushner is taking mm-hmm. credit for, but apparently his role is looking a little shadier now. He was much more of an opportunist. But what uh, Trump did that people forget was that, first of all, he did the right thing by ignoring the so-called Palestinians, because there is no such thing. Um, the, 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 these people are refugees from a bunch of other places. Claire Lopez explained that, that there never has been a Palestinian. Oh, yeah, there is not, yeah, a, yeah. It's not a Palestinian country, just a bunch of refugees from Jordan and Egypt that are you know, trying to, you know, so there is no two-state solution because there's only one state there, and that's Israel. That's the first thing. But the second mm-hmm. thing was countries that, uh, um, what is it I'm thinking about there, Emirates, Bahrain, uh, some of these other places may signed on to the Abraham Accords, and we're making economic uh-huh. uh, treaties and deals. I think Morocco, too, um, and Saudi Arabia, we're working cooperatively with Israel, Israel being the biggest uh-huh. economic power just because of the technology and because they have freedom. Freedom works, folks. Yeah. So now here's, what's, here's what gets interesting. One of the people I met at CPAC in 2018 was a man named Herb London who looks just like Donald Trump. Well, he looked like him. He's passed on now. But I met him outside the, uh-huh. the, the, the doors because we all got locked out when Trump was speaking, and we, we missed whatever the cutoff was. They said, okay, lock the doors. They didn't tell us when it was, right? So all of us are sitting outside, you know, standing in the cold, you know, in February in Washington, D.C. And I looked at this guy, and he looks back at me, and I looked at him again. He says, I know why you're looking at me. He says, yeah, you look just like Donald Trump. He says, yeah, I get that all the time. So we start talking, right? So Herb London turns out to mm-hmm. be the head of the London Center. He's this amazing diplomat. He's a foreign policy expert. He wrote the speech that Donald Trump gave in Saudi Arabia, and he was on the show. So before he passed away, mm-hmm. so you can look it up, Action Radio, comma, okay. uh, Herb London. So the Herb London, uh-huh. visit, he was with us for an hour. What a fascinating man. But so, uh, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it's, it's really kind of the people that I've been able to talk to have since passed on. Walter Williams was on the show. Herb London. Uh, Dr. Peter Pry, mm-hmm. who I deeply miss, because you know, he was just wonderful, even though we disagreed, you know. But uh, all these folks, are, it's just, you know, radio, when you get the opportunity to talk to these people, and we can capture, you know, their, their opinions and, and things. Because we do extend, all our interviews are extended. Nobody gets less than an hour unless they're just a total, you mm-hmm. know, unless they either don't have the time or, or like my public relations folks that I get, uh, the, the, you know, they only, get, they only give them half an hour. It's like, half an hour? Hell, I can't even say good morning in that time. I need, I need, I need an hour. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So, so, but Herb time. London was, look up the Herb London interview. So now you got a couple. So you got the Herb London and you've got that original show. That second hour was critical because oh, wow. we had pretty much every, we didn't even know. Here's the funny part. We didn't know it. 
We didn't know we had everything figured out. We were yeah. just saying, oh, it seems to me that, uh, you know, since chloroquine cures COVID, uh, there's no pandemic. And I don't know, what's oh, all yeah. fuss about here? You know, so we, we're just like, what's going on? Let me talk about daylight saving time and other things. So it's funny that we didn't think it was that big a deal. That's the we interesting did. thing about that original show. Also, on this ex-Crown mm-hmm. uh, uh, Prince, uh, Al-Wali, he was very heavy involved in child trafficking. And since Donald Trump is draining the swamp of child trafficking, uh, that they've been doing that with Putin in a lot of countries. Uh, so we took him on, we took him down. So yeah, so Prince uh, Salman uh, was involved with Trump to uh, get rid of him. So he's gone. They arrested his whole family actually, and they we killed him. The American people. Huh. <laughs> but like I was so the saying, current, um, I got the current prince here, Mohammed bin cr- Salman. That's the current prince of Saudi Arabia. Mohammed bin, bin Salman. Salman. That's, that's his name. Yeah, yep. it's the it's young one that he loves yep. uh, a lot. Trump. He, he uh-huh. says he Trump. He owes his life to Trump. But anyway, huh. um, so a lot a lot of these countries they submitted. That was the reason of the the visit to all these countries: uh, South Arabia, India, Israel, uh, the uh, the UK, uh, Uni- European uh, uh, Union. Uh, South mm-hmm. Korea, North Korea, Japan, Philippines, Indonesia, Vietnam, China, Russia, Argentina, and you know President Trump walked out of out of uh, on stage from the president from Argentina. He left him standing by himself. I don't know exactly <laughs> what went there, that. but so there's a lot of country in with Donald Trump, and that's why a lot of the countries are not helping Ukraine because they know it's all a farce. It's all the neo-Nazis uh, with Zelensky uh, doing the show over there, murdering his own people. And they know that Donald Trump, he's the commander-in-chief as we speak right now. But you don't have to be a commander-in-chief to be a president. He's the commander-in-chief of our military, Space Force, uh, and the uh, atomic bomb. Uh, so Donald Trump, uh, well, some saying, like Fox said, that he is the president. But uh, it's, it's 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 a little confusing for people to uh, to understand. Even me, I'm like, wait a minute, how can she still be a president and, and he's allowing all this happen? Because my husband keeps reminding me, we're in World War Three, honey, and a lot of people do not know, and a lot of people will not get it and don't get it until everything gets revealed. So it will be coming out. Uh, so. So well, I have you know, to be patient. I have to be well, patient. Well, you know, there's some things wait. I believe. Yeah, there's some things I believe and some things I don't. But here's what I know. It's just been reported again that mm-hmm. uh, the, the Azov Brigade, in other words, the Nazi brigades from World War II that are still in Ukraine, mm-hmm. the descendants of, of the mm-hmm. original, they're, they're wearing they're swastikas on the uniforms of Ukrainian soldiers fighting Russia. You know, the, yep. the, the German tanks, you know, the leopard tanks that Germany gave to Ukraine, they had the, the Iron Cross. Yeah. I mean, stupidity, idiocy. Mm-hmm. If you really want to, yeah. you know, if you want Russia to go to war with you immediately, start sending German tanks with iron crosses, you know, uh, put them on the Russian border because they lost 20 million people, you know, not that long ago. Mm-hmm. So this is infuriating. So, mm-hmm. so the, the, swast- the Nazi swastikas are real. That is absolutely going on. Now, here's a question for you. Do you see Trump traveling um, either during the campaign or sometime soon to some of these other countries in anticipation of um, becoming president again for the third think, time. I don't think so. Opinion, I don't think so. Because Why? it's already set up where it was going to happen. All these countries are on board. 
when our dollar changes, all the money of all those countries will be good. The dollars, we're going to exchange the dollar base to the new money, the new system. Wait, wait, wait. But all the other countries are going to be left out. They can eat all their dollars. Like the Democrats think that all the billions that they're stealing from us, sending it to the Ukraine, and it's not going to the Ukraine. It's going to their bank accounts. Okay, right. so a lot of the, the the big banks they've been shut down. It's Trump doing it. Trump, Trump is behind it because mm. a lot of it is money laundering, and he's shutting it down. And a lot of people don't know, of course. Well, I don't know uh, because don't I'm not sure. I'm not sure that yet. That's that's one of those things I'm skeptical mm-hmm. of. You just said new money. What, what what new money are you talking about? Supposedly, Donald Trump already made the new money that we're going to have in the United States, and it's in Texas since January last year. What's it look Uh, like? Every American family, this was told by my husband's cousin that he's so close to Mike Flynn, so I... Yeah, yeah, the one that won't won't talk to Mike Flynn about coming on the show. That cousin? Is that the cousin you're talking about? The one that refuses to help us? They're so busy. They got a new magazine now. Make a phone call. Mike Flynn's magazine. Mike Flynn would love what we do here. Mike Flynn would love what we do here. We've got the answers. You know, in fact, let me tell you, I'm going to just just interrupt for just a second here, and and Pianchi on this too. So I am sick and tired of us not being invited to conferences that we know we can help. You know, the legal conference in Atlanta, you know, there's just one in Huntsville. Uh, all, these, all these conservatives are, are raising complaints to an art form, and all they're doing is sitting around and going, we're yeah. going to take the country back. And we've actually got a way to do that. And so well, I'm gonna, we're going to schedule our own event. They're very we're, I'm, busy, and I, I know, I, I yeah, know because I was, I was having breakfast with Mike Flynn's uh, wife. Uh, when oh, I was that's in right. Miami, what, are you still in contact? In are you still yeah. in contact? Uh, well, I, I gave her my business card from the radio station, and uh, she took it. I said, look, I don't know how many times I'm going to invite Mike Flynn to come on my on our show, you know. And uh, she said, I'll tell Try her, her again. again. So that's all I do. So. Try her again, please. But yeah, because... uh, every family, before I forget mm-hmm. my thoughts here, every family supposedly, I'm not sure, this is what I was told, uh, every family will get a hundred thousand dollars to start circulating the money, but it's nope. not illegal families. Only American Don't believe families it. Don't will believe it. get a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, um, no, that, that, that's that's over the line. I don't believe that because in order to do that, every family. How much money are we talking about? A lot. You're talking trillions but, of dollars. Yes. Yes. So all right, so let's let's follow this through. Because uh, so so in other words, if this is going to happen, as you say, and, and please send me the Q source. I don't know. Send me the Q source to my messenger. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to start looking at this. So if Trump is giving a hundred thousand dollars to American families across the country in a in a second yes. currency that's not the Federal Reserve note, that's a U.S. dollar. Okay. Mm-hmm. How is that going to work? I don't know. They well, they wanted to start circulating the money because it's going to be new. So, well, who's but going I don't take know. It? You know, I don't. Uh, who's huh? going to take it? How much is it going to be worth when the star says, "I can't accept it. I can only accept Federal Reserve notes, even though we know those notes are bogus anyway." So, who's they going will to accept how? it? Because the other dollars are not going to be worth nothing. We're going how to make sure the Rothschild and all these people eat all their dollars that they've been printing. That's the plan. So, so how do you do, how do you pull all the dollars out of circulation? They're not going to be worth anything. So people are going to be wanting the new money that we're going to have. Yeah. So you're telling. So does that work for investments and property too? So if you bought a house with U.S. dollars, what's that worth? 
it's going to worth the same amount of money, I'm pretty sure. But the idea is that all these countries involved with the Democrats will go down. We're not going to give them good dollar bills anymore. We're not going to exchange the money that they have because, you know, all these countries, they love dollar bills, you know. Uh, so they're going to have to burn all that money. So is the Democrats. But, they're going to have to burn all their dollar bills that they think by, they're super mega well, rich. But are they going to burn their houses and factories and, and shops too that no, were based on dollars? Because no. if the dollar isn't worth anything, then anything bought with a dollar isn't worth anything either. He just... What he's going to do, he's going to break all these criminals. All the child traffickers are slowly but surely are, are, are arresting them. Yeah, there's a lot I, I of seen that we don't I get. understand arresting child traffickers. Got, that's absolutely what should be done. Yes. What I'm saying is you cannot switch. Uh, no, by what authority would Trump switch the currency from Federal Reserve notes to U.S. dollars? How would he do that? I guess to 150 years ago when the criminal left, radical communist Democrats stole America 150 years ago. So Donald Trump is coming back as the 19th president. That's why we're not going to have an election in 2024. He's going to be the 19th president. And the military will strain things out and then they'll step away. But that's the only way that's going to happen because... Since we have the deep corruption with the judges, Supreme Court, sheriff, police, uh, insurance company, local uh, mayors, uh, I mean, the list is so corrupt, so corrupt with everything. Churches are corrupt. Uh, all these different uh, corporations are corrupt. So we're under this big corporation uh, for 150 years, so that's going to change. And that's okay, when so Donald is... Trump talks. When Donald right, this is Trump where, talked, he, uh, okay, go ahead. Uh, he looked at the people, he looked at the people and he says, we are taking our country back. I didn't know our country was taken. I know the election was stolen. And he says, and we are going to give it back to the people. And that's what, uh, what he's telling you. Right how, does, uh, how does that so look? How do you give the country change. back? How do you give the country back to the people? What does that look like? Uh, we're taking America back. Meaning From, we're no longer going to be under this big umbrella corporation in Washington D.C. Yeah. Okay, but we're and not. But here's, here's the problem with that. Do you remember? It, it, do you remember when Donald Trump walked in front of the Queen? No, I don't. That's a, I have to see a video of that. That's a no-no. Okay, that's a no-no. You don't do that. Well, no, I know no. that. I know Obama touched the so Queen. The that's queen, a no-no. <laughs> right. The reason Donald Trump went to see her, he dissolve the corporation. He said, no more corporation because the queen is the one that owns the world. The queen, uh, and I know she's there now, but uh, uh, the queen, the United Nations, and the Vatican. And 650 airplanes left the Vatican with gold for us. But they don't talk about, okay? They don't well, talk about that. Wait, 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 wait. 650 <laughs> airplanes filled with gold flew to the United States? Yes. When? From the Vatican. From the Vatican. And some from, uh, I think it's a combination with the Vatican and England. Uh, okay. That we took the gold back because they okay, have Okay, so wait, 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 wait. Gold is heavy, all right? So, and where did the gold go? I know. 
Okay. Now let's follow through. Okay. So you know all airplanes mm-hmm. flying internationally have a flight plan and a radar track. And that track yeah. is maintained. Okay. So so where's the radar track? What do you mean radar track? For what? So when a plane flies, Pianki knows this too, that when a plane flies internationally, it has a transponder code, it has a flight plan, and it's tracked on radar. Well, you can, those, those records are kept. So where would I find 650 airplanes flying from Rome to somewhere in the United States on radar? Where would I find that information? Well, I don't know where they took them, but I'll send you the video so you can watch. Which I send you video, but you say, no, nah, I don't want to see anything. So you well, know, I don't have time I for a lot of videos. I mean, listen, it's not you, don't take it personally. I get, I get 10 videos a day. You know, and uh, it's down yeah, from but about this one 30. Is important. This, they're all important, but this one is a key thing that it, it goes through uh-huh. the whole thing so you can learn what I just said. Uh, yeah. Probably better no, explain uh, because I don't remember every little detail. That's okay, but that's why you're but, on the show. Uh, so let's get back to this corporation again. So first of all, I don't believe that Trump could go to England and declare the corporation over when I don't think the corporation ever existed. Yes. There's no way that the United and States was ever a corporation. Because we are a country. Yes, it is. It's but a it's, corporation. It's, that's not true. It sold, but it is you true. Can't it was sold to the United the Nations, United... to the Pope. You can't, no, you can't do it. Josie, you can't do it. It was sold to the United Nations. You can't, you can't do it. It was sold to the no. United Nations. It was no. sold to the Vatican in England. Yes. That's nonsense. Yeah. That's not, Josie, that's absolute nonsense. It it's not true. But first of all, if it was a corporation, or all cor- go ahead, Bianchi. Why don't you try it? Where is the congressional records that show that? They're not going to show you that because they're criminal. They have to. They have well, to. They're not they're to, not but Donald Jackie. Trump is going to explain it all when he comes back. Um, the Queen allow President Trump to walk in front of her, which you never do that. Okay, never in history. But he went over there to dissolve the corporation that we're under. Every child born, they uh, give you a, a social security, which is your uh, identity. And then after that, they prick a little, uh, uh, a little bit of blood from your foot, your DNA. And the queen puts a million dollars on your head. Either you're going to be a bum or you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to be a doctor. It's like you're like a property of England and United Nations and Vatican and uh, the whole world, not just here in the United States. And that's what you call state national. And I'm a state national now, a year ago. Uh, I, I, I hate to tell you, Josie, have, it's, it's all for nothing. I know. It, none, none of that is no, true. It's not true, okay? If if the okay. United States, and we've, we've talked about this before, the United States were a corporation. All corporations are chartered by it government. Is. That's what the, that's what the charter of the corporation is. All all charters are public documents. Pianki's absolutely right. It would have to be in the congressional record that the United States was sold, you know, as a corporation. So I've I've looked this up. So what you're talking about is I, I've seen the, the actual bill when they say, wait, no, wait, no, 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 no. What the, here's here's the, here's what most people don't do. Okay. So when you look this up, when they say the United States is a corporation, what it says is. You know, the federal government can, there, there are certain, and there are certain chartered things that, that are federal corporations. I think the Tennessee Valley Authority is a, is a, is a federal entity that's, that's a power company in Tennessee Valley. Okay. So, so in other you words, the, the federal government, uh, the Federal Reserve is basically a corporation. 
that's chartered to handle our money. So there are federal corporations, but the United States itself is not a corporation. That's impossible. It is. It's it not. Is. And a lot of and people don't know. No, but see, We've been it's not, and you, with everything. No, 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 no. See, see, these people are lying to you, yeah. too. See, that's the problem. This no. is the problem. They are lying to you. You need to, to come to one of our meetings, okay? Oh, wouldn't that be fun? States, but the United our States next, is a corporation. How do some 30th. people do know and others don't? I didn't hear what you said. What? I'm Go sorry, ahead. I was talking. I was saying if 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 US was a corporation, how is it that some people do know and some don't? Well, people are waking up. We got thousands now, like they wanna get in because they're finding out the truth. Yeah. So why Yeah, what are they reading? Donald what Trump? are they reading? I wanna read this. Where where are they getting this information from? I'll send you the information, Bianchi. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Yeah. No, post it, post it publicly. Read, uh, post on, it in our special investigations bond. page. Post it in special investigations on or economic. A, I want I want to see this. Mm-hmm. I'll send it to you. Anna Vaughn, uh, she was a judge for 30 years. And uh, I don't know how she got a hold of all the uh, savings, like a savings bond, that each bond is worth a, $100 billion, million. Uh, she mm-hmm. has so many. She's She's been working with Donald Trump. Uh, we believe. Uh, she was a judge for 30 years and more than 40-something years she's been trying to take America back with a team of people. But it's it's like it's like starting all over again, uh, the country. So this is so, basically where we are. Here's a question. So all corporations have annual meetings. Uh, if they're a public corporation, they're publicly traded on the stock market. Uh, if they're a private corporation, that's okay too. They don't have to be traded, but someone's got to own them. So who owns the shares? Who owns the U.S. corporation? Where is it chartered? And do they have an annual meeting? Talking about state national? No, I'm talking about the, the U.S. corporation. If the U.S. is, in fact, a corporation, does it have an annual meeting where the shareholders meet and discuss policy like they do? A regular corporation has an annual meeting. And if you can't go there, they, then they give you uh, slips by proxy to vote for the board of directors and things like that. That's how a corporation works. I don't know where they have the meetings. Well, yeah, that's, this, that's my this, point. That's probably my in point. D.C. I don't know. Okay, but that's my point. If the U.S. were a corporation, it would have to do things that a corporation does. So they're so corrupt. They've been they've been owning us for years and years. They own you. Don't own nothing. You don't own your house. You don't own nothing. That's not your, true. Your, when you pay off your car, who who has the title? You know what I mean? You just get a little piece of paper, and they own everything. They own, they own your house. They say you don't own nothing. And yeah, we're I don't not supposed to be paying taxes. Yeah, well, you are. You need to come yeah. to one of our meetings. <laughs> well, here's you the problem. cannot interrupt uh, so, the so here's, here's, here's the problem with what you're saying. Everything you talked about uh, is amazingly convenient in that it can't be proven or challenged because it's secret information. Only the people who know know the truth. It's but I can't secret. talk to the people no. who, who – wait, hold on. Let me follow it's this through. Okay. No, hold no, on, no. hold on, hold on. So all the stuff you're talking about – cannot be shown. It cannot be demonstrated. It cannot be proven. It's amazingly convenient to say things and make claims. I'm not, I'm not criticizing you. I'm just saying I, I think what you believe is wrong. And I think I can prove it. Because none of these things, there's all, all the questions I ask, you say can't be answered, or you'll find out in time, or you have to be patient, or the people that know, know, are taking but care of it, to. and Trump's in charge, wait, hold on, and, or Trump's in charge, and all these things are amazingly convenient, but it escapes any kind of legitimate uh, criticism uh, or examination or proof. 
So everything that, that you're claiming with the state citizens and the U.S. corporation and the, the secret funds and the capital letters on the birth certificate and the sovereign citizen, none of that stuff can be examined and properly uh, proven. None of it. And that's what makes it so convenient. And this is why I don't believe it. Yeah, it's okay. I don't have proof well, of okay. your money. Sure. Right. No, because I, I heard about it. I don't okay, but this is the that. thing. So, so your willingness to believe things that you heard, it's, and, and I equate this to climate change. There are people that are willing to believe well, climate change. Well, I'm sharing what they're, I heard. They're, you know? Okay, I know that, but, but you've got to question what you've heard. You've got to look at it and see if it makes sense. See, that's the problem. This is a, none of this makes sense. We can't function as a corporation no. <laughs> because if we're a corporation, then there is no representative government. Then the Congress becomes a board of directors. And the president becomes CEO. Mm-hmm. You know need to saying? come to one of our national, state national meetings. We got one on the 30th. You're invited Ooh, to one, that, but you cannot interrupt the meeting. You can ask questions at the end if you like. Oh, they're not going to answer my but, questions. Josie, they're not going to answer my questions. They, yes, they will. Yes, they no, they will. won't. Yes, yeah. they will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we so we should, let's get Ann Vandersteel back on. She's big into this stuff. She's one of them, yeah. She's yeah, yeah she's definitely she used to be on the show. Let me should talk to her. See if she'll come back and, and defend this. She's let's get Pian- she's let's get let's get last word. On yeah. And many, yeah. many. I'm finding yeah. out, yeah. 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 So she's not and, paying taxes, and, and, she doesn't have a driver's license. You're not gonna license. give up everything just for a bunch of lies, you know. Mm. I'm a Christian woman, I don't I don't wanna be living through lies. Mm, yeah. You better start taking a look at this stuff. Right. And uh, let's see, there's a reason that uh, that your cousin has never invited Mike Flynn on the show. And the reason is because I don't think he knows him. Well, there's I don't a know reason... because uh, they think they don't know your show. So, you know, hey, I don't know. Okay. They got a lot of stuff and they think uh, they have a lot of more important things, they think, maybe. So who knows, yeah. you know? But here's the thing. We literally have... The way to take the country back. We've written the legislation to take the country back. According from to Big you, Pharma. of course, you know, but no, no, it's not according, according to you. Well, oh, that's, that's, that's dismissing everything I'm doing. Okay. And that's, you take a look at the bills. You take a look at the bills that we've written. Vaccine product liability, big tech, constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money, a removal of judicial review, elimination of the withholding tax, you know, while you're earning your standard deduction. Every one of these bills will take the country back. We've got title and section in law. We've corrected the laws. Mm-hmm. You can't just say according to me. This is actually according to legal, you know, I mean, this is according to law. We do exactly what Congress does. So we do have the means to take the country back. But the, the problem is the people that talk about taking the country back would rather complain because they're making more money off it and keep doing their events and keep passing the propaganda than they would actually take the country back. See, we have the means to actually take the country back. We've written the legislation to do it. And it's not just according to me. Mm-hmm. I'm running out of any, time. Take a look, I, know. I know. Take a look at mm-hmm. any of our bills and tell me that it's just according to me. Run it by your experts. Hey, how can we write a bill about the food? The they're uh, putting in all um, a lot of same way we do anything else. We, we amend the food sense. and we amend the food and drug administration uh, regulations. Uh, we make certain substances illegal, like like vaccine material in food, make it illegal. Uh, we have truth in labeling, and we uh, put together a bill the same way we do everything else. We can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm still yeah. arguing about sovereign citizen, state, national stuff. I got to get away from that. We're gonna, I'm going to start moving um, on from that. You'll, you'll learn one of these days. 
No, so that's convenient. It's just too convenient. You don't know, Greg. You'll learn one of these days. I know things you don't know. Therefore, you well, know, you, you don't know what you're talking one about. one of our meetings. You can ask questions and you can be present. Uh, Jesse? Uh, I believe we have I, one on the 30th. I, I don't have to because I don't believe any of it. I don't. I think it's a, I think it's a hoax. I think it's a distraction. It. Okay, send me the materials. Prove it. Send me in the about, materials to prove, prove what you're saying. three, four weeks, we're about to get our vendor cards. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, I don't want videos. I don't want explanations. People don't say anything in a video. Show me the documents. Show me the proof. Show me the corporate charter. Show me everything. You show me that. All my documents, my legal documents. Yes. All right. And um, show when me, you become a state, show me the U.S. Right. Let's just do one thing, and then I'll, I'll let you go here. Show me the U.S. corporate charter. Show me that. You show me that. We'll start talking. Sure, I'll ask. Okay. Deal. I'll get back Let's to get you, you sh- next week on that. Okay. Yeah. I'll put it on the calendar. Let's mm-hmm. uh, let's let you go here, and uh, I got to take a quick break, All and right. I'll come back, and we'll talk about. Yes, uh, I got to go. Okay, so let's get your your uh, store information, and then we'll talk to you next week. This is Josie with Action Radio reporting the Latino report. All the garbage coming in in our country, <laughs> and I can get away <laughs> with it because I'm a Latina. <laughs> Actually, you can get away with a lot. It's so, kind of cool. we'll see you next week. Okay, so where's your store? Uh, do we be... have to do that? No, you don't. Ruth Uniform Shop, you can come and see me or talk to me about any of this uh, on Olive Road, 2009 East Olive Road. You guys have okay. a blessed day, and we'll continue next week, okay? Okay, can't wait to hear those conversations. All right, in the interest of time, I'm just going to play our... our <laughs> you need uh, to come uh, to a meeting. <laughs> I, I, I really should. All right, bye, Josie. Um, I'm, I'm just gonna play Bye-bye. our. All right, get out of here. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I gotta play our, our, our in the interest of time because I want I want to get to this John Yu article. Um, we'll be right back. Here is your Action Radio contact and website information. The call in line is two one five three eight three three eight three two. Our show site is blogtalkradio.com/slash/citizenaction. Same link live and a podcast. Please share all our shows. We have live chat at the bottom of the broadcast page available worldwide. Sign in to your free account and type away. We have an internet Skype line where you can call the show worldwide also. Please see the broadcast page for our Skype name. Call in during the show to get approved. Our bill writing site is writeyourlaws.com. W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S, writeyourlaws.com. This is where anyone can write a bill and start the process of it becoming law. My paid and free subscription column is at gregpenglis.substack.com. Please consider a paid subscription of $5 per month or greater. For contributions to Action Radio, please go to givesendgo.com slash actionradio. We have over 20 Action Radio Facebook groups. Use the Facebook search window by putting in Action Radio to find our groups. My public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. Please contact me about advertising on Action Radio and helping our mission of freedom. Thank you for listening. Radio. 
part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take, that is Action Radio. Okay, I think I've had enough of uh, the, the the conspiracies for a while. I'm going to I'm going to talk to Josie about that, but we need to get into more substantive uh, news things. But this 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 but the problem is that millions of people believe this that uh, Trump is in charge still. That the the military intelligence folks are going to you know take over the government, and make everything right, and everything's going to be fine, and all the child traffickers will be arrested, and uh, you know the government corporation, the U.S. corporation won't exist, and we'll get all our money from the treasury, and we'll all be sovereign citizens, and we won't pay taxes, have driver's license. It's a bunch of nonsense, and it's scary because what it does is it distracts from the real crisis, the real crisis, the war in Ukraine, uh, the the COVID shots, the mandates, the the uh, reduction or elimination of of our constitution, constitutional rights, the fact that the federal government is completely illegal, that it was stolen in a coup, that we're under basically a communist dictatorship, and no one seems to want to do anything about it. Not at the local level, not at the state level, not at the congressional level, uh, no one. You know, because they could. There's, there's, there aren't that many people there. It's like the Nazis were only 2% of Germany, yet they took over. I mean, how many people are, are the Brandon coup? You've got Obama, his friends, the White House staff. You've got the people, uh, you know, you've got, I guess, the leaders of certain departments. But there aren't that many people who have taken over the government and are running things. And there's millions more people who are letting them, who are in a position to stop them. And they're not doing it. Well, not millions more, but maybe a few hundred. So you take the Congress, you take the, the governors, you take the staff, you take uh, the various people at the city levels and the county levels, uh, city, county, and state levels could stop all of this. They could refuse money to the federal government. Texas could put the National Guard, should have put their Texas National Guard on the border day one, you know, as soon as Brandon stole the, the White House and just stopped every illegal. And said any, any federal person who wanted to try and let illegals in should have been immediately arrested and thrown in a Texas jail. So all this stuff was preventable. COVID was completely preventable. We had ivermectin. We had hydroxychloroquine. We had zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D. None of this had to happen. Those million people didn't have to die. There was never a reason for a vaccine mandate because that was illegal. It's a seizure of your person under Article 4. It was illegal. Masks are illegal for the same reason. None of this stuff had to happen. It's all preventable. So everything that's going on in this country now um, by the, the few that are, that are you know, running things and being let to run things by a few more, none of this needs to happen. We could easily be a free country. We could easily have freedom and prosperity for us and for people around the world. We could easily get rid of the foreign aid, the, the, the foreign wars. We could get rid of uh, the communist uh, influence, the Chinese influence. We could stop Bill Gates from buying all our farmland. We could fix all of these things. And when Josie says, well, that's just your opinion on that bill, that's not true. These bills are, are citing title section of federal, state, and local law. And all you have to have is the legislators take the bills that we're writing, you know, enough people start lobbying them, and they can replace the laws that currently exist that are oppressing us. So you take the laws that are oppressing you, and then you put in the laws that set you free, and then the lawyers are then free to take those laws and use them in court. That's how it works. There's nothing, there's nothing about what we do here. There's fantasy. It's all very real. 
It's a lot more real than the, than the illusion of a, of a government in Washington. So we're the reality. They are the illusion. And yet people believe just the opposite. That's the crazy part about this. On that note, I have an article, but I want to check with Pianchi first, see if he has an opinion on what's going on so far. But I'm really getting tired of, of the same conspiracy coming back over and over again. And the convenience, and I'm, I'm not picking on Josie, because a lot of people feel this way. And the convenience of, well, you don't know what I know, so you just have to be patient. You just have to wait. And if you, if you come to a meeting, everything will be explained to you. Yeah, I've looked into this. There is no U.S. corporation. There is no sovereign citizen. We are all sovereign citizens. We are a country. None of what the, the, these conspiracies are real. And they totally distract from our real mission of freeing our country from an illegal communist government. Thank you. What do you think? That's what they're supposed to do. Keep people, keep it off, uh, keep people out of their right mind. But you have to admit the one thing that I constantly go back to is education. If you, oh, you're right. If, see, if you don't educate Early on, then when they become adults, they take on these notions, uneducated notions, uninformed notions. Right. Assumptions are stronger than truth. It's the first axiom of our show. Assumptions are stronger than truth. People assume things that we know are not true. Uh, and because of like that, I, I mean, said, that's how uh, – yeah, go ahead. When you make reference to elderberry, vitamin C, you make reference with zinc you made mm-hmm. reference to vitamin D mm-hmm. and people that took those and I even had an elder, they had no problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had COVID before I knew what COVID was. To me, it was just a, a bug. So I had a bug. It was like a flu bug. And I had a headache and I coughed a whole lot. You remember, you remember the shows when I had COVID? I sounded terrible. I was trying to get guests. Yeah, health, I remember right? the show. Yeah. Well, that was COVID. Mm-hmm. Right? But you know another thing, too? Uh-huh. You know, another thing, when I was coming up in school, we had biology and we understood how mm-hmm. the body works. We were mm-hmm. taught that. We had to be quizzed on that test. We had to uh, take little pieces of paper and, mm-hmm. and cut them up to represent one thing and indicate another. And we understood about viruses and so forth. And we had no problems with COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because immune systems work. I, I agree with you absolutely. You know, and I had Dr. Zelenko reinforcing it, but I already knew I had an immune system. The reason I never worried about COVID, even before I talked to Dr. Zelenko, is because we all know once you have a virus, your body, you know, recognizes it when it enters your body again. So it doesn't let enough of the virus build up to make you sick again. That's how an immune system works. But I learned that in school, too. I also learned in school about the carbon cycle. You know, that's how I know that carbon dioxide is good for us. Well, not for us personally, because we breathe oxygen. But carbon dioxide is an essential part of the carbon cycle. I learned that in school. That's how I know to defeat these carbon idiots, these carbon-stealing, you know, carbon dioxide idiots, because they're trying to kill everybody. They don't understand. Well, you're absolutely is, right. Yeah. But we learned that well, in school. Well, here's another thing. They learn in school In your today. next segment, uh-huh. on uh, Mike Pence should have sent the electors back. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. He should have. It's spelled out in so many words in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Now, people yeah. say, well, the, well, he went before us. this many courts, and where well, courts don't pick presidents. Courts also don't. The president. Courts also don't follow the Constitution. They're not the arbiters of the Constitution. No, they don't. That's another big problem. Yeah. So when someone says, it's like people that say, well, we have to go get uh, the Supreme Court to say that uh, the Second Amendment says uh, guns are an individual right. Well, it's BS. Second Amendment already says that. 
So the Bill of Rights is individual. And you know right. why come it's a big I, I problem with the courts, Greg? What's that? It's because people don't understand the power, what power the courts don't have. You don't have to listen yeah. to them. If they're unconstitutional, tell them to go pound sand. Exactly. What are they going to do to you? Yeah, juries. Yeah, juries can overrule the Supreme Court. People forget that. A jury, you know, and the Supreme Court cannot declare a law unconstitutional. That is not a power they have. Now, can they put an injunction on it? Can they resolve it with, uh, with, uh, in a case and say, you know, that this law can't take effect? Sure. But what they cannot do is erase it. They cannot take it over. They cannot rule against it. And they cannot make a policy or a regulation based on anything that they decide in their cases. All they can do is rule on the case. And if they find the law at fault, then it has to go back to Congress and Congress has to resolve it. That's how it works. But in the same way, the Congress can overrule the Supreme Court with a simple majority vote in the same way that the the Supreme Court can overrule a law of Congress with a majority vote because they are co-equal branches of government. If Congress can't overrule the Supreme Court, then they're not over co-equal branches of government. And the whole system is going to fall apart. States can nullify them also. Absolutely. Because the federal government, the, the Constitution is only supreme in the areas where the states have let it be supreme, where the federal government has jurisdiction. And, and public health isn't one of them. Neither is transportation. Neither is education. Neither is a bunch of things. So all these things, the federal government, neither is law enforcement. There's only, we went over the whole bill on three crimes, treason, piracy, and counterfeiting. That's it. Everything else that they do is illegal. Let me get to the article because I just I had forgotten this. But this is written by a friend of mine, Rachel Alexander. She's in Arizona. So let me let's let's, let's set the scene here. I want to get to this. We'll, we'll finish this before the end of the hour, or I'll go a little bit over time. So here's what happened. So John Eastman's on trial. John Eastman, I actually have contact information for from a friend, and I, w- I will contact him. But he's, he's in trial right now, so I'm going to wait till it's over. I, I think it'd be kind of tacky to write him now. John Eastman is one of the folks um, defending Trump. John Eastman, the Claremont uh, Institute, he is someone that has said very clearly that not only was Mike Pence, you know, allowed to send the the Trump electors back, he was basically bound to, constitutionally bound to send it back because the state legislators, you know, determined the electors. So the fact that the state legislators sent Trump electors to Congress means that Congress has to consider them. So the idea of Mike Pence as part of, as an executive, sending these electors back to the states or not sending them back, excuse me, saying all we're going to do is consider the Trump electors, I mean the Brandon electors, we're not, even going to, we're not even going to have the state discussions you know, in Congress, which they were required to have, each state was required to be gone through, it was unconstitutional, and that's what allowed for the coup. See, the electors are the key to everything. Everybody forgets this. The Trump electors. Stopping the Trump electors is what January 6th was all about. Because if, you, if they didn't stop the Trump electors, Trump would have over 270 electors, and he'd be sitting in the White House right now. That's the coup. That's the entire coup right there. Everything, all you, everything you see, the, the January 6th committee, all the TV coverage, all these imprisonments, the D.C. gulag, you know, inviting the, all the, the Trump supporters in, all of that was for one purpose and one purpose only, and that was to block the Trump electors because the Trump electors would have put Trump in the White House. That is the entire coup, and everybody misses that except us <laughs> and Rachel Alexander and a few other folks. We understand what this is all about. Let me get to the article. So Rachel Alexander, uh, I used to write for the Intellectual Conservative. That was, that was one of her websites. It got completely hacked. Fortunately, I saved my articles, and I'm putting them on Substack. So a lot of the, in fact, I just put one on um, why the president is not automatically commander-in-chief. And there was a Navy officer, Robert Shipley, who agreed. Uh, I found his article after I wrote my article, and so that's in there, too. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, I think I uh, uh, that one. But it's fascinating. I'll probably go over that one tomorrow. That'll be really interesting. My article, you can just read on Substack. All right. 
So here's the, here's the headline. Uh, here's the, the title of the article. Berkeley constitutional law professor John Yu, who's also a Facebook friend of mine, testifies at disbarment trial of John Eastman, who is yet to be a Facebook friend of mine, uh, that vice presidents can reject electoral slates. Okay, so, here, so let me read that again because I interrupted it. Berkeley constitutional law professor John Yu testifies at disbarment trial of John Eastman that vice presidents can reject electoral slates. Here's what it says. The disbarment trial of former uh, President uh, Donald Trump's former attorney uh, and constitutional legal scholar John Eastman uh, started its fifth week with testimony. And I'm going to get the day of the article, uh, September 13th. So we're talking, what's that, 19th, five days ago. Uh, Donald Trump's former attorney and constitutional legal advisor John Eastman started its fifth week with testimony from Eastman's star witness, Berkeley constitutional law professor John Yu. That's Y-O-O. The State Bar of California contends that Eastman gave Trump advice when he said one, whoop, whoop, almost knocked my water over. Let's start that again. I get excited when I read this stuff. Let me start again. The, the, Cal, uh, the State Bar of California contends that Eastman gave Trump advice when he said one option to deal with the allegations of election fraud in disputed states was to have former vice president, which I call traitor, Mike Pence, refuse to accept the electoral slates from those states or delay their certification. That would have been the branded electors. But you said the majority of scholarship on the issue agrees with Eastman's position. You, who graduated, it's Y-O-O, you who graduated, not you, but you, John Yu, who graduated from Yale Law School, summa cum laude, from Harvard College, uh, is considered one of the preeminent experts on constitutional law in the country, similar to Eastman. Yeah, I'm going to try and get them both on the show. Eastman's attorney, Randy Miller, spent much of the day asking you about previous law review articles, about other articles he and others had written addressing the topic of the vice president's authority area. One was, what happens if no one wins, which you co-authored with Robert J. Delahunty, a a law professor at St. Thomas University for the Claremont Institute's The American Mind. Well, I'll have to get that article, too. Eastman is the founding director of the Claremont Institute Center for Constitutional Jurisprudence and a senior fellow at the Claremont Institute. In the article published in October 2020, you and Delahunty went over the historical and legal, this is right before the November election, okay? You and Delahunty went over the historical and legal arguments supporting why the vice president has this authority. They said, we suggest that the vice president's role is not only, not the merely ministerial one of opening the ballots and then handing them over uh, to whom to be counted. Though the 12th Amendment describes the counting in a passive voice, the language seems to envisage a single continuous process in which the vice president both opens and counts the votes. They added, if counting the electors' votes is the vice president's responsibility, then the inextricably intertwined responsibility for judging the validity of those votes must also be his. That's key, judging the validity of those votes. So in other words, which are, the, which are the legitimate votes, the Brandon electors or the Trump electors when they come from the same state? That was Mike Pence's job. That's the part he said he couldn't do. Then it says, you said that since this article came out, no court has ruled on this legal issue, and one court rejected hearing a case that would have addressed it. So, so this is to Pianchi's point. The courts are not addressing this. They refuse to, to get into it because, as, as uh, Jonathan Mosley would say, they're a bunch of weenies. And he's absolutely right. That's why there's no case when the left says, well, uh, you know, Trump's never won an election fraud case in court. There is no evidence. No, there's no evidence that the courts looked at. There's plenty of evidence, but the courts haven't looked at it. Why? Because they don't want to have to make a decision. Why? Because they're weenies. They'd rather go with the deep state. Back to the article. Make it a little brighter here. Um, it says, shortly after you discussed the article, California Bar 
uh, attorney, California Bar Attorney Duncan Carling, expressed the need to have the bar's state wit- star witness, Matthew Seligman, these are all new people, listen to use testimony. Although California Bar Disciplinary Judge Yvette Rowlands, who donated to Democrats, to do that as a surprise, while serving on the bench, has generally barred the witnesses from watching the trial, Carling appeared to need his expertise in order to prepare the cross to cross-examine you later calling uh, uh carling is not a constitutional or election attorney a lot of stuff in the weeds here <laughs> there's a lot of stuff let me see if i can uh, uh shorten this a little bit and maybe cut down the choice the chase i read this a while back you discussed how his research relied on a law review article by george washington university law professor bruce ackerman titled thomas jefferson counts himself into the presidency he referred to Ackerman as one of the most important originalism scholars of our generation. So originalism is what the Constitution originally meant, not what people say it means today. So in other words, original is a well-regulated militia means well-organized, well-disciplined, and well-equipped. That's what well-regulated means. In other words, they've got the regular amount of equipment and uh, discipline. It doesn't mean that the government regulated, like, uh, like the National Guard. That's a modern interpretation. So the original definition works because that's what they meant at the time. Okay. This is a 2004 article discussed how it is more likely than not that former Vice President John Adams took a substantive role in accepting electoral slates and how former Vice President Thomas Jefferson likely did the same thing. Interesting. You explained how the founding fathers had a big fight over how the president would be selected and ended up with the Electoral College as a compromise. He said that in Ackerman's view, too, in his article, the founders rejected the option that Congress would determine it, which would have set up a more of a parliamentary system. He said establishing it as they did is why Jefferson and Adams made substantive determinations about accepting, accepting electoral slates in 1796 and 1800. Okay, so I'm not as familiar with this, but there are several times in our history when state legislators have selected one slate or maybe even two slates of electors. Uh, in the, the most recent election in 2020, state legislators would send in Trump electors and the state governors and secretaries of state would send in Brandon electors. And then uh, by, you know, Mike Pence would say, well, only the Brandon ones count or Brand- only the Brandon ones are the ones we're going to consider. They totally rejected the Trump electors. Why? Because that's what a coup is. A coup is when you take valid ballots and you reject them, even though in the Constitution it says the state legislatures are in charge. Back to the article. You explained how the Founding Fathers had a big fight over how the president, I think I read that, all right. You said there are several law articles discussing whether the vice president has a substantive role in deciding whether to accept electoral slates. And the majority of them found that the vice president does, but it is not under Congress's authority. So Mike Pence said, I have no authority to, ex- to decide whether or not to accept electoral slates. And all the constitutional lawyers say he does. So he could have rejected the fraudulent Brandon electors sent in by governors, Democrat governors, in favor of the Trump electors sent in by Republican state legislators because it's the state legislators that determine the electors. So that was a violation of the Constitution, and that was a coup, putting Brandon electors in. And then all the stuff that went on under the Congress for you know, the seven hours is not in the congressional record. Nothing's there about this. But all the arm twisting and all the things that went on under there, so they came up seven hours later and dutifully said, Brandon electors are the ones. That's the coup right there. But what you just said, Yankee. say uh-huh. it again, would you please, Sure. about where they came from? So John Yu said there are, okay, so John Yu said there are several law articles discussing whether the vice president 
vice president, has a substantive role in deciding whether to accept electoral slates. And the majority of them found the vice president does, but it is not under Congress's authority. So Congress doesn't accept the, uh, you know, I guess it's the vice president's job um, to uh, determine that. Well, okay, so where were they, where was the ballots coming from? The sources? So the battleground states, uh, Michigan, Minnesota, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Arizona, New Mexico, and Nevada. Those are the battleground states. Not all of them, but most of them have Republican state legislators. Some have Republican state legislators and Republican governors. They sent in okay, so the Trump electors, even is, though Brandon may have won the state, according to yeah, the fraudulent One vote. more time with that. You, you're doing good. You're doing good. So <laughs> okay. you had, I have to you think had about Republican it too. legislatures, mm-hmm. and you had a Democratic governor. Well, remember that, that – let me get the original article. Remember the original article from uh, uh, Knight's uh, Bridge, that, that very first article that talked about it. I'm going to pull it up. I have it here because it's not available anymore. I had to, I had to save that article. And basically what, you're, what, we're, what happened is uh-huh. that the ballots are supposed to come from the legislature. Exactly. Not the governor. No. The legislature can give them to the governor, and the governor pass them on, but the governor had their own set of ballots, which was Brandon ballots. Yeah. So in the that states that, that the Brandon, yeah, in the states that Brandon took fraudulently, the governor sent in Brandon electors. And what the state legislatures, the Republican state legislature said, look, this is a fraud election. Trump actually won the most uh, votes, so we're going to send in Trump electors. So here's the original article. You see, that's the, that's uh-huh. the problem when you have a, a Republican legislature. Then for some reason or another, people are under the uh, expression that if you have a Democratic governor, it kind of evens things out. No. No. You have problems <laughs> like you just witnessed. So here's the original Knightsbridge article. This article is not available online anymore. I copied it and I've saved it. And this is from 2020. And the title of the article, the seven battleground states each sent Republican electors that voted for president. Uh, And this is, uh, uh, okay, here we go. So this is an article from 2020. And I don't, did I put the date on this? I know it's, I know it's a 2020 article. It says how it works. Presidential candidates in the United States win election by winning the most electoral votes. The Electoral College system apportions a certain number of votes to each. When voters in a state vote for a party's candidate, they are casting a vote for that party's slate of electors. So here's the way it works. Popular vote, you know, votes for Trump in a state. The state then assigns their state's electors to vote for Trump. That didn't always happen. What happened in, in the battleground states with the vote fraud is that it appeared that Brandon had more votes than Trump, which we know is logically impossible in most states. So the, the governors and even the Democrat state, you know, in, but in the states that didn't have Republican state legislatures, the governors would send in the Brandon electors, 
no certification, no audit, nothing. They send those to Congress and say you have to take them. And Mike Pence said, I can't challenge that. I have to take the Brandon electors. See, that's where he made his mistake. Or that's where he put the coup. So the state legislators, state legislators said, wait a minute, that's not true. We, we don't think Trump, uh, Brandon won. We're going to send in Trump electors. Those slates of Trump electors that the Republican legislators sent in, that they are constitutionally allowed to do, they don't even have to have elections. They can send in electors. All right? Mike Pence said, I'm not going to take those. That's where he violated the Constitution. He was constitutionally bound to take the electors from the state legislators. But he didn't because that's the coup. That's the coup. Mike Pence, his role in the coup was, was violating the Constitution, not taking, not taking the, elector, the Trump electors from the state legislatures, and therefore denying Trump an electoral victory. That's the coup. That's it. How am I doing? Make sense? You're doing okay. well. You're doing, okay. you're doing well. So let me, let, me, uh, let me continue with the article then. So it says here, the Electoral College system apportions a certain number of votes to each state. Okay, I read that. Those electoral votes are counted by Congress. Counted by Congress. Let me say that one more time. Counted by Congress. See, that's the part, that's, that's why they had the January 6th uh, interruption. This is what we should call it. The January 6th Capitol Hill invitation walk-in. They had to stop the count by Congress. See, Congress didn't count. They didn't go through the states individually. They just had a vote after seven hours of arm twisting. But it says right here, those electoral votes are counted by Congress. If a candidate gets 270 or more electors, he wins the presidency. So how, what, what did the coup do? They made sure Trump didn't get 270 votes. That's the coup. All right. Then it's, and here's a timeline for you. This is where it gets even more interesting. On, December, on the 14th of December, 2020, seven states sent a slate of Democratic electors uh, chose Democrat presidential nominee Joe Biden. Republican electors also cast votes for President Trump. So this is December, this is December 14th. The seven states, those are the battleground states. December 14th, 2020. A month after the, month, like six weeks after the election. Seven states sent both Democrat electors for Brandon and Trump electors for Trump. Then it says, thus, thus creating seven sets of dueling electors or alternates. Both groups are sending certificates of ascertainment. So in other words, they certified both, both groups, right, to Congress, which is slated to convene in a joint session on January 6, 2021, to count the electoral votes. This was written before January 6. This is why it's so interesting. They had no idea what was going to happen, right? So they said, this is how it's supposed to happen. So those states that sent in two slates of electors, Congress is going to settle this. Or Mike Pence is going to send it back. Well, neither of those things happened because it was a coup. Mike Pence didn't send the electors back, and the Congress didn't settle uh, which ones were the valid ones. They just simply voted for Brandon ones. Right. A, uh, Mike Pence sense? should have sent them back because you, in your hand, you got some confliction mm-hmm. that's going yep. on. Yep. And he should have sent them back now, one other thing, 15th, one other, the day after. Uh-huh. Yeah, one other thing that we should mention is that electors don't have to go with the popular vote of the state. No, they don't. Not always. But electors are generally party regulars, faithful rewards. You know, it's your turn. They generally vote. There are very few exceptions where, where the electors have voted against, you know, the, the person that won the popular vote. It's happened. It doesn't happen often. Now, don't forget, too, that uh, Hillary was, uh, you know, sending people to send death threats to electors, saying you better not vote for Trump. 
Remember the death threats? You want to talk about election sabotage? <laughs> all right. So here's the timeline. December 14th, all the electors around the country vote for who they want for president. December 14th, those votes are counted because there aren't that many. And seven states send in two slates of electors. December 15th, Mike Pence, who already knew the, the results of the December 14th elector election, should have sent those seven states, you know, their, their dual slates of electors back, but he didn't do it. So three weeks before January 6th, Mike Pence was duty-bound to send the electors back to the states and say, don't send us two slates of electors, send us one. That would have stopped well, January 6th. who in 6th. the state? Mm-hmm. Who in the state sends these this paperwork to Mike Pence? Is it the know. Secretary of State? Uh, probably. Yeah, I, I, I think that's and right. That's they where control another the election. problem occurs, yes. too. Because mm-hmm. you see how these Secretary of State, like the one in Georgia, and how they behave. Raffsenberger. Yeah, I don't remember that. That's a good point. Were there Secretaries of State, state where the legislature had Trump electors uh, and they send in the Brandon ones anyway. They just made an arbitrary decision. That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. But I, I think it's very possible. Let me get you a little bit more information here. Yeah, they had to come from someplace uh-huh. because they had even the legislature had to assign or they used the typical Secretary of State for carrying out the secretarial work of the government. Yeah, but it's administrative. It's, it's not supposed to be policymaking. The, the work of the Secretary of State is supposed to be administrative, certifying the election, doing the counting, make sure the count's done properly, make sure the election was conducted you know, fairly and legally. That's what they're supposed to do. They're not supposed to make policy. They're not supposed to uh, – you know, They're not you making know, policy, but they're spending – I mean, they're putting this in the envelope and putting a stamp on it, I would think. I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure either. No, it's a really good question. I'm going to see if I can get Rachel Alexander on the show. Anyway, here's where it says. It says, in this election, there is historical precedent, and in each of the seven states, there is pending litigation challenging the results of the election. Now, none of those court cases went through because they wouldn't look at the evidence, right? This is where that comes from. Then it says, if that yeah, litigation is... Right. The courts wouldn't look at it because you get back down to the point, especially after, after the year 2000, where they uh-huh. saying the courts chose the president. Well, of course not supposed to choose the president. But the thing is, is that Agreed. when Mike Pence, if Mike Pence opened the envelope, or had two envelopes from one state, then he got a confliction in his hand that he should have sent it back to the state and said, hey, look, mm-hmm. I can only take, we should only be taking one of these. Why would he do it anyway? Even if he, even if he wasn't sure you know, um, of, of the actual constitutionality or anything. Wouldn't you send it back? I mean, I would. i say, wait a minute, you guys sent us two slates of electors. Why, yeah, why don't you just say, well, of course he was in on the coup. But I'm just saying, even if he didn't, you know, ha, you know, lie about the Constitution and everything else, any logical person would say, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, the... He uh, knew what was going to happen. Exactly. So let me go back to the article here uh, and uh, get back where I was. All right, seven states. Okay, here we go. Uh, in, the, in this election, there is historical president, and in each of the seven states, there is pending litigation challenging the results of the election. If that litigation is successful, remember, this is written still in December 2020. If that litigation is successful, then the Trump electors, having met and voted, would, be, uh, would uh, have their vote certified and the ones properly counted in the joint session of Congress on January 6th. So the reason the coup stopped the court challenges is because if the courts awarded the Trump electors, 
which they should have as a result of the state legislatures, there would have been no January 6th. Trump would have had the, the well over 270. So that was part of the coup. So the courts are in on the coup, right? Because they didn't take well, up the, the cases. The, mm-hmm. I can see where the courts, because the courts got two different pieces of information, and they don't know which one is, mm-hmm. they can't decide which one is legitimate, and the rules probably apply different in each state. Yeah. And what they should have done, the courts, actually, I would, I would not have minded if the courts said, look, we're not going to take this. We're going to send this back to the state legislatures. It's their decision. It's not our decision. Because courts don't determine elections. So I agree with you on that. That's what they should have done. So let's, let's uh, continue on our story. Remember, this was written before January 6th. That's why I think this article is so interesting. And again, there's a reason you can't find it anymore. Because it's good. <laughs> it is very accurate. And they don't want you to know this stuff. The things that we're talking about today, uh, if I were a prominent political figure, I'd be under indictment. Right now. For what I'm talking about right now. All right, let's get back to it because this is a, and I don't care. Go ahead and indict me, FBI. I'll be really popular then. <laughs> My ratings will go up just like Trump's. And if the FBI KGB wants to call me, two one five three eight three three eight three two, I'm ready. I'll pick up your phone line. Oh, wouldn't that be interesting? I'll be screening a call. Uh, this is the FBI. We'd like to uh, speak to the host. Yeah, it's me. Go ahead. You're on the air. Recorded for posterity. All right, back to the article. Where was I? In this election, there is historical president. Okay, challenging. All right, there we go. The electoral votes have been officially counted and the votes have been sent along. There's nothing to be done until the matter gets to Congress. Okay, so in other words, the electoral votes, two slates, have been officially counted and the votes have been sent along. So in other words, this is written, I wish I wrote the date on this, but it was written after December 14th. So this is after the electoral votes have been cast, counted, and the, and the, the two slates of electors still exist and the court challenges, we don't know. That's where we are at this point in history, all right? This is there is nothing to be done until the matter gets to Congress. So the courts aren't taking it up. You've got seven states with both branded Trump electors, and it's waiting to go to Congress January 6th for Congress to settle this question because Mike Pence isn't sending the electors back to the states. So, so the check on, on Mike Pence not doing his job is Congress doing their job to count the electors in two-hour debates per state. And the first state alphabetically was Arizona. That's when the coup started. That's when Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and the FBI mercenaries broke into Congress or were led into Congress to stop the count, to make sure that Arizona was not debated. And that's when the coup began. It's all very logical. I mean, the, the proof of the coup is, is, is everything they did. Trump supporters were still walking over. They weren't even there yet because Trump started his, uh, his speech an hour late. Now, my question is, did he start his speech an hour late on purpose? Don't have an answer for that yet. Back to the article. In three of the seven states in question, Michigan... Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, Republicans control the state legislatures while Democrats hold the governor's posts. Let me say that again. In three of the seven states in question, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, Republicans control the state legislatures while Democrats hold the governor's posts. So where so so both Michigan so those three states, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, had Brandon electors and had Trump electors. So the Republicans sent in Trump electors. What happened? Well, January 6th erased all of that. All right. Here's another one. In Georgia and Arizona, Republicans control both the legislature and the governorship. This was before Katie Hobbs in Arizona. So in Georgia and Arizona, it shouldn't be a question, but the governor of Arizona, you know, Governor Dipstick and Rassenberger, Secretary of State, they refused to honor the Trump electors. 
you say legislatures Republican and send in Trump electors. So you got Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan, Republican electors, Democrat governors. Georgia and Arizona, Republican, excuse me, state legislators and Republican governors. Republicans control both, uh, and that's uh, control, uh, Republicans control both in New Mexico. Oh, here we go. In New Mexico and Nevada, Democrats can bo- control both the state legislatures, legislature and the governorships. So the states that were no-brainers were Georgia and Arizona because they had Republicans in the, so the legislature come, and the governorship. Uh-huh. Why come the governor didn't, in the legislature, the legislature in Georgia is Republican? Mm-hmm. Oh, they're weenies. The governor, but why come the governor didn't do right? What's wrong with him? Because he hates Trump. He's the one that, remember the one, the governor of Georgia that Trump endorsed? That hates him? Campaigning against him, all that stuff? Yeah, who's the guy? Let's look up the guy. So he had to make some kind of, or he, he, he also is said that he made some kind of deal with Stacey Abrams. Oh, I'm sure he did. Listen, the governor of... Kemp. Kemp, that's right, Kemp. Kemp's the governor of Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, Kemp's uh, basically, uh, you know, treasonous. He's basically so a, a he, Democrat. He submitted. Uh-huh. He submitted Brandon electors, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So where did they come from? If you got a majority Republican legislature, uh-huh. how in the heck do you have a majority? Where do you get these? Where did these Brandon electors come from? Well, it's, it's Are the same. They real? Well, it's the same number of electors in both cases. No, they're not. Because here's what happened. The, Dem- the Republican governor and the Republican secretary of state, uh, Kemp, Kemp, right? Is it, who, who's the governor's name? Kemp, Kemp. Kemp. So Kemp's the governor. Brian Kemp. And Brian Kemp and, and Rattenberger, the secretary of state of Georgia, they both certified the Brandon electors because Brandon supposedly won Georgia by like 10,000 votes. That's how. So Georgia has a set number of electors, right? 19 or whatever it is. So Georgia's 19 electors, the state legislature, the Republican state legislature had selected Trump to get those electors. The governor, taking the fraudulent election election results, selected Brandon to get those electors, certified the Brandon electors and sent them in, sent them to Congress. And the Republican state legislature shut the hell up. We need out. Make sense? Yeah, it makes okay. sense. And, and you're the only one that explains it. The news don't explain it that way. Well, that's because we're better than the news, if, if you don't mind me patting myself on the back. Let me continue with this article. We're going to run a few minutes over time because this is critical. I want to get this all in one podcast. Article continues. According to the Congressional Research Service, when dueling slates are received, members of Congress in the joint session, that would be January 6th, folks, the joint session, consider the list when it's from a different state authority than the certified list and conduct a vote. So what's the state authority? The legislature. Where did those other, where did those Brandon electors come from? The governors, both Republican and Democrat. So in the states, these are the battleground states, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, uh, Georgia, Arizona, uh, New Mexico, Nevada, lost those states according to the fraudulent vote. 
That's why they were allowed to send in branded electors. But the state legislatures didn't buy that. They said, no, that's not true. Trump won the election because of vote fraud. We already knew that the day after the election in November. So the state legislature said, okay, we're going to stop this nonsense right here. We're going to send in Trump electors because we know Trump won the election and we can prove it with vote fraud. Congress. Who's the voice for the, who's the, voice for the state electors? I mean, I'm sorry, the legislator. Who's the voice? The legislature themselves. Yes. You know, they, they, could, they can pass yeah, but bills. Each individual can't all talk uh-huh. at the same time, so they have to have... No. Like no, they take a vote. Okay, so here's what should have happened. The state legislatures in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, the ones that were Republican, Michigan, Pennsylvania, well, because you can't, you can't trust Republicans to vote for Trump, okay, because they they if they're deep state, they're not going to do it. But the answer would have been for the state legislatures to void, void the Brandon electors, even if the governor sent them in. Because state legislatures control the, the electors, right? It's in the Constitution. So the state legislatures could have voided the Brandon. I've been calling for this ever since uh, January 6th. Should have voided the, the Brandon electors and certified the Trump electors. They could have done that. They could still do that. They should have done it January 7th. And you got another problem, too, where you got that? governors that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's dismissing the action of the legislature. Now, they can do it with a veto, but the legislature can override a veto under normal yes, circumstances with a bill. Yep. yep. But in this particular case, you can't veto these electors for the president. Who the can't veto? electors that were submitted by the legislature because mm-hmm. they represent, I mean, that's, that's according to the Constitution, that's what they're supposed to do. Right. Those are the real ones. So the real electors are the ones that voted by the state legislatures, but the, the governors were sending in Brandon electors in defiance of the state legislatures illegally and unconstitutionally. And Congress illegally took up the Brandon electors in the vote after the January 6th Capitol Hill Invitational walk-in coup and voted for them. The Trump electors never got considered. Those governors are not dem- uh, Republicans. Those governors are Democrats. Well, the traitors. And they violate, completely violate the Constitution. And the state legislatures are also a bunch of weenies because they at any time could have said, no, we're voiding the Brandon electors. Even if Congress voted January 6th and said, we're going to accept the Trump electors, the state legislatures could then have come back and said, no, you're wrong. That's a check and balance on Congress. And the states could have said, no, our, we sent in Trump electors. The Trump electors are valid, but they didn't do it because they're weenies. Because January 6th just happened. It was, a, it was an insurrection, and the media was whipping up you know, stuff, and they were so terrified. It's like being called a racist, right? They were so terrified in those Republican state legislatures that no one dared say, oh, no, the Trump electors are the real ones. I would have said it. I don't care. In fact, we did say it. <laughs> go, you go back to my shows. You know, January, we, I should play my uh, – anybody wants to, you can go hear our January 6th show. All right? Both Jonathan Mosley and uh, Josie Cossey were there January 6th in Washington. Not at the Capitol, but they were there in Washington, January 6th, and called us live. Just go Action Radio, comma, January 6th, you know, and you can find our shows. It's easy to do. We don't hide anything here. It's all on the record. Now, back to the article. It says acceptance of either slate, that would be Brandon or Trump, would then require a concurrent agreement in both the House and the Senate. Acceptance of either slate. So in other words, the Congress could have, with the House and the Senate, 
said, we don't accept the governor's fraudulent Brandon electors. We accept the state legislature's Trump electors. But they didn't do it because there was an insurrection going on. See, that was the other check and balance that got taken away. That's why the people that set this up knew they had to have something horrible go on that day so that the Trump electors could never be considered. They had to demonize Trump supporters so badly that nobody in Congress would select Trump electors over branded electors. And that's exactly what happened. Christina Bob explained that to us when she was on the show the, the first time. the whole thing behind that is because of the monetary gain, some loud mouths in Congress stand to gain when Trump is not around. Well, it's not just monetary. It's the deep state. They, get, they keep their power. And they were, they, they were allowed to do all the things that Brandon has done illegally. So the checks, so the check on, we, this, we've got a good system. Which benefits, used. Yeah, and which benefits a few. Right. So let me go through this. We're going to keep going. I'm going to finish this because this is critical to get on one podcast. So first check, the governor's, should have accepted the state legislature's electors, even if it went against the supposed election results. They should have said, you know what? We've got more votes for Brandon, but we're going to go with the state legislators because they, they're the ones who determine the electors, and the state legislatures have determined that the Brandon vote is fraudulent, so we're going to send the Trump electors. That would have been the first check. That would have been the right thing to do, but they didn't do it. Mike Pence gets two slates of electors. His job was to say, look, I'm not going to take two slates of electors. We're going to send it back. Send it back to the state legislatures. Send me one. You know, tell your governor to pound sand. That was the second check. The third check, January 6th. Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, uh, Wisconsin. When those states came up alphabetically, Congress could have done what they're supposed to do, take two hours and debate which electors are the real ones. You see, that debate never took place. That was the third check on the system. That didn't take place. Why? Because there were Trump supporters up top. This is why the Trump supporters are so essential to this whole coup. All right? So the third check didn't happen. The first check, you know, was that, uh, the, you know, the say legis- legislators would have voided the Brandon electors. Second check, Mike Pence could, should have sent the electors back to the states. Third check, January 6th, they should have discussed those, those dual slates of electors in open debate. None of those things happened. So the coup, in order to be successful, had to make sure that all three of those checks on the system were stopped. And that's exactly what they did. That's how you know it's a coup. That's how you know the election was stolen. That's how you know that everything was fraudulent. Because all the actions that were taken were necessary to make sure that the coup went through. And what is the first state alphabetically of the seven battleground states? What's the first state alphabetically? Alaska. No, the first state alphabetically of the seven battleground states with Trump electors, the first oh, state Arizona. alphabetically is Arizona. When did, when did all the trouble begin in the capital? Which state? Arizona. Exactly. That's not a coincidence. That's now, my part of the plan. Is this. Uh-huh. How many, and he had in his hand two sets of ballots. What was the count of the ballots? Well, the, I don't know. What but it would have been the count the of the Brandon ballot? Well, what, no, was the, the, what was the count of the Trump ballot? He had certificate. No, the, the electors are the same. See, each state has so many electors, right? So the electoral count, it's not the number of votes. It's which one was valid. So, so Mike Pence had a certificate from the state legislature 
with Trump electors. So however many the state had. How many? Georgia has. Okay, so mm-hmm. how many of those electors was it of the 270? Um, ooh, we worked this out before. We'd have to go back to an electoral map. I can do that tomorrow. But you uh, have I do. All right. So battleground, well, if you don't mind running a little overtime, and I don't mind running overtime, battleground state electors. All right, hang on. Let me, I'll tell you exactly. So let's, let's do this. Let's go Arizona. Uh, what are the next ones here? Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, New Mexico, Nevada. One, two, three, four, five, six. Who am I missing? Minnesota. No, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. So let me just pull up an electoral map. This will require just a little bit of time here. I'll tell you exactly the answer to your question. U.S. electoral map. U.S. electoral map. We actually worked this up before. Trump should have had about 320 electoral votes. Uh, 2020 electoral interactive maps. So, so, so hang on. Well, you just asked the question. You just answered the question. Uh huh. I got so the map right here. For, okay, if all the electors for Trump was counted, he would have mm-hmm. had over 320. Yeah. But they counted Brandon, which would have gave him less than 270. Uh, 270. He had to have more than 270. Yeah. Yep. yep, yep. I'm, I'm trying to pull up a map. They're missing just a couple of Why states. Why don't you right? check on that for tomorrow? You're way over time. Yeah, five minutes over. It's not bad. All right. Well, we'll, do, we'll, do, we'll figure that out tomorrow. I'll get, you, I'll get you the map and give you the exact numbers. Let me just finish this article, and then I'm going to finish the other one. I should start earlier, but Josie and I were talking conspiracies. Sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, so, so it says, if the two chambers, let's go back, recap real quickly. If the two chambers do not agree, the electors certified by the state's governor shall be counted. Uh-oh. Oh, that's after Congress does it. Let me, let me backtrack a little bit here. All right, so according to the Congressional Research let me just read this over. According to the Congressional Research Service, when dueling slates are received, members of Congress in the joint session, that'll be January sixth, consider the list when it's different when it's from a different slate state authority than the certified list and conduct a vote. So you got the governor, certified list, and you got the legislature, certified list. Acceptance of either slate would then require a concurrent agreement of both the House and the Senate. That's what they're supposed to do January sixth. Then it says, if there is no conflict in terms of state authority, the one determined to be appointed pursuant to the state's election laws is counted. Then it says, if there's no determination by state authority of which slate was lawfully appointed, the two chambers agree concurrently to accept the votes of one set or decide not to accept either set. So Congress could have done that. They could have accepted Trump or Brandon or neither and sent them back. Then it says, if the two chambers, this is, this is Congress, the House and the Senate. If the two chambers do not agree, the electors certified by the state's governor shall be counted. Well, that's unfortunate. Then it says, after electors cast their votes this week, focus has turned to the upcoming joint session, that'd be January 6th, which takes place just three days after newly elected members of Congress are sworn in. Then it says, at least four people who will be in the House, Representative Mo Brooks, Alabama, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, Barry Moore from Alabama, Bob Good from Virginia have committed to filing objections during the session. So they already have objections. They're already saying, we are going to challenge the Brandon electors. Mo Brooks, Margie Taylor Greene, Barry Moore, Bob Good already had filed objections. So Congress was bound to take those objections. 
in the battleground states. Well, how did the I governor just, get to submit something? Well, the governor, uh, it you, says, I'm not sure. I'm you not sure read the clause about the governor. Read that again. Yes, yeah, that's got me confused, too. It says, if the two chambers oh. do not agree. Okay, so, so in other words, if the House and the Senate cannot resolve which slate of electors to take, then the electors certified by the governor should be counted. So in other words, if the House wants Trump electors and the Senate wants Brandon electors, it goes back to the governor of the state to say which slate counts. But originally, it's the what state. The so house, I think that's wrong. What was the House in 20? The House was, was Democratic, wasn't it? That was the Republican. The House was well, the new Congress was just sworn in. Um, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Republican. The new Congress was Democratic, it was, right? It was Democrat. Yeah, it was still a Democrat Congress. That's why it happened. That's why it happened. Yeah. Democrat House. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's why it happened. I think that makes sense. But the the only time the governor can certify is when it's been through the state legislature, it's been debated in Congress, and the two houses, the House and the Senate, do not agree on which slate to take. Then it goes back to the governor. I think that's wrong. I think it should go back to the state legislature. But that's a check and balance on yeah, the state legislature. Good. Well, yeah. But think about this. This might, be a, this might be a check and balance on the state legislature, right? Because if the state legislature is made up of a bunch of Democrats fraudulently certifying branded electors when we know Trump won that state, then the governor might be a Republican. They might be, be to be a check on that. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. It just worked out well, badly this time. Well, the governor, has, the governor should carry out the will of the legislature. Should. Unless, but what if the legislature is a bunch of fraudulent Democrats voting for Brandon when we know damn well that Trump won? The, the governor well, would then be in a position to override that. Yeah, okay. But, but regardless, it still has to come from the legislature. Yeah, but that's what, that's what the Constitution says. So, the governor know, is just a, a state constitution. The governor is just a, a minister. No, I agree with you, but, that, 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 yeah. but that's not the way the system is right now. So let me – I want to wrap this up here. Um, so it says the basis for an objection is that the electoral vote or votes were not regularly given by the elect by an elector and or that the elector was not lawfully certified. So the electors can be challenged too, based on state election laws, according to the congressional research service. Okay. I'm not sure what that says. That says if an objection meets the requirements, the joint session is suspended and each chamber withdraws to meet and debate the objection and choose whether to vote or vote to uphold it. So in other words, Arizona, there was a challenge to Arizona. That's when the riots, that's when the, that's when the, the, uh, the coup started, all right? So Arizona, what they're supposed to have is that if a member of the House or Senate objects to the electoral results, they go debate them. All right, then we already talked about that, okay? But it's that debate, that's when, that's when everything fell apart because that's when everybody started getting violent and, and we're, that's when the Capitol Hill police let in all the, so the Trump supporters. So they didn't allow the, the, the debate, didn't, the, the debate, debate never took place. did not happen right. at Congress. In, in Congress. Right. So the debate over which slate of electors to take. So in other words, Congress's authority to decide which slate of electors was the lawful one never took place. And it couldn't have taken place because the coup couldn't risk Trump electors being certified by Congress, even though Congress was and Democrat. And if the debate the didn't happen, they should have went back to the states for them to straighten yes. the mess out. Exactly. Or the states should have said, because the debate didn't happen, the results of the January 6th vote to accept Brandon electors is, is void. We're not certifying that. We're not going along with that. But they didn't do it. So, everybody, so, so it's not that the system's bad. The system's actually really good. It's just that nobody used it. Now, 
It says if an objection meets the requirement. No, I think it has to be one, sen- one House member and one Senate member have to do it. So you have to have somebody in each House objects. But that's not a really high standard. It's easy to get one person in the House and one person in the Senate to object to a, an electoral count. That's easy. Then it says unless both chambers vote in the majority for the objection, it fails. If it is approved, it nullifies the state's electoral votes or could lead to the alternate slate being accepted. So in other words, if in the House and the Senate, in a battleground state, voted for Trump electors, the Trump electors stand. If in a battleground state, the House and Senate vote for the Brandon electors, then the Brandon electors stand. But they couldn't risk that, remember? See, they couldn't risk that the Congress would actually vote for Trump electors. That's why the coup was there. Now, here's what it says. Here's the, the article author. It says, I believe that when matters get to the joint session of Congress, there's going to be a fight about which of the slate of electors need to be counted based on the evidence and the statutory violations that are presented at the time. So, in other words, the other thing the coup had to make sure is that no evidence of vote fraud went into the debate of which slate of electors to take. That's another reason they had to cut off debate, right? Because if all this election fraud evidence comes in, Congress is going to have to take the Trump electors, right? Well, they couldn't risk that. So that's why they had well, to make sure that, that no there, debate took place. Uh-huh. That controversy between states is not as thorough and clear as it should have been. But mm-hmm. it should have been obvious that mm-hmm. the dispute should have been settled where it all should have began, and that's with the state legislatures, not the governor. It has to go back to the discussion of where it originated, and that's with the men and women of the state government mm-hmm. legislature. Yep, yep. In fact, I've, I, I looked this up before, and actually I had, I had the numbers of who we, what we thought Trump should have gotten. So it says here, as of the current certified vote count, which I believe is fraudulent, Biden had 306 and Trump had 232. Now, what I'm going to do is take the battleground states that sent two slates of electors and total up how that vote would change if the, if the Congress accepted the Trump electors from the state legislatures. All right, almost done with this one. That would be a good homework for you. Yes, I know right now it's like 320 to about 220 is, 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 is the way it works. It's, uh, or maybe it's even less than that. Whatever it is, Trump gets over 270. If the battleground states, they take the Trump electors, Trump wins. It's just that simple. Then it says in uh, Joint Resolution Y1877, a joint session of Congress met to count electoral votes and face dueling electors. Okay, all right. Yeah, I think we've covered this enough. Let's get back to the old, the original article okay. where all this started. Almost done. No, I got just a couple more minutes. I'm gonna, well, I'll be done here soon. And uh, let's go here. See if there's more to this. I might pick this up tomorrow. Uh, all right. This is about the trial of John Eastman. Now, John Eastman supported everything that that article that I just read also supports. So here we go. So Roland, let me just get back to a little bit here. And if you have to go, Pianchi, I understand. I'm just going to make sure I cover this. Uh, okay. This is, this is back to John Yu. Back to the article I originally had uh, from Rachel Alexander in the, tennis, the, the Arizona Star. It says, you explained how the founding fathers had a big fight over how the president would be selected and ended up with the Electoral College as a compromise. He said that is Ackerman's view, too. The founders rejected the option that Congress would determine it, in other words, pick the president themselves, uh, which would have set up more of a parliamentary system. He said establishing it as they did is why Jefferson and Adams made substantive determinations about accepting electoral slates. See, without the Electoral College, Congress would have voted for the president, much like Britain 
the ministers vote for the prime minister. Well, the prime minister is simply a member of parliament. That'd be like voting uh, Chuck Schumer as president, you know, from Congress. Anyway, same kind of thing. Then it says, you said there are several law articles discussing whether the vice president has a substantive role in deciding whether to accept electoral slates, and the majority of them found the vice president does. We talked about that. Then it says, you said some of the evidence, that's John Yu, that the founders did not intend to give Congress the authority to decide disputed electoral slates is the fact that Article 1, Section 5 gives authority over disputes regarding congressional elections to Congress, congressional elections to Congress. He said this is in stark contrast to the 12th Amendment, which addresses electing the president. The founders could have used the language from Article 1, Section 5. Yeah, she gets a little detailed. Roland said, ask you, which legal scholars he respects. And I'm saying, I'm gonna, I want to get something. I want to get something really good here. Here we go. He says in his, in his American Mind article, John Yu said that if the vice president has substantive authority, then the uh, Electoral Count Act is unconstitutional. See, they changed the rules after the, after the January 6th thing. He says, if that reading is correct, then the Electoral College Act is unconstitutional. Congress cannot use legislation to dictate how any individual branch of government is to perform its... You know what? I think I'm done with this article. I think the first one was, was more accurate. There seems to be a lot of esoteric legal stuff I don't care about. So anyway, so, that's what we, so I'm going to stick with the first one, the, that one article that you can't find anymore. <laughs> this is uh, quite fascinating. So there we are. So that, well, you so got the article one, posted. Oh, I've posted several times, so I'll post it again. Easy peasy. But that's where we stand now. So where we are now is that John Eastman, who said that Mike Pence, traitor's vice president, does have the authority to send electors back to the state legislatures. When Mike Pence said he does not have that authority, John Eastman is on trial, being disbarred for saying that the Constitution says what the Constitution says. That's essentially what they're doing. And why would they have to do that? So that's the last question, Bianchi. Why would the coup have to disbar John Eastman? Because he's, he's talking. They don't want him, his voice to be heard. Exactly. Because With legitimacy. Because he, he is saying that Mike Pence screwed up, violated the law, and because of that, the Trump electors are still valid. And as long as the Trump electors are valid, then Brandon is vulnerable. And that the coup has to maintain itself every day. And yesterday's lies have to be covered by today's lies, which will be covered by tomorrow's lies. And all the way, the coup has to maintain its power every single day. And how are they doing that? They're arresting and jailing anybody who proves that what happened on January 6th was illegal and unconstitutional, that Trump really is the president, that the electoral count from the state legislatures put Trump over the top. That's why they're, And that's this why runs is. deeper mm-hmm. with individuals that's causing these arrests and jailing that's in, in the, you want to call it deep state, it's those people. Mm-hmm. Then you got a news media that won't report on things accordingly, mm-hmm. so they're part of it. Mm-hmm. And then you got uh, some corporations that stand to benefit from the differences between the ideology of a Trump and a Biden, like mm-hmm. your Green New Deal. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely right. Those, those are all, you got pharmaceuticals that get uh, you got pharmaceuticals that get to put products on the market that have not been properly tested. 
Mm-hmm. And then they are immune from any prosecution. But understand that because of the coup, because the Trump electors were invalidated illegally by Mike Pence and the January 6th organized walk-in, because of that, everything... Who's who's controlling, who's putting money uh, Mm -hmm. uh, dangling the carrot in front of Mike Pence? Well, no, I've, I've already proposed that Mike Pence sabotage Trump and violated all of Trump's rights and all of our electoral, our election rights and our voting rights so that he could be the Republican nominee in 2024. That's well, why, why did Trump choose Mike Pence? Because he was an why idiot. Did, uh, was it the Republican, uh, Republican National uh, Party that chose Mike Pence to run <laughs> with Trump? Yeah, they recommended him. Yeah, because he was Christian and he'd be, he'd be a solid, you know, uh, he'd be a solid way to Shit, attract you know, Christian, Christian conservatives. To me. No, he, 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 you know, one of the one of the virtues of Christianity <laughs> is honesty. Yeah, he does. Because when you you ask the question about these one governments, that's exactly what they've done. You see mm-hmm. that going on now with the Vatican. The Vatican mm-hmm. is proposing to bring in all these people from South America because oh why? Because they follow Christianity, whereas Americans are moving away from it, even dividing itself between Islam and uh, Christianity. And then you got the different denominations of Christianity. Yeah, but to the folks coming in from South America who are Catholics, are they also of the the American spirit, the individual they rights? Are the they are Roman, the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah, but the church is a hierarchy. The church believes in top-down well, authority. The church, that's what the church does not preach individual rights, as far as I know. They they don't care. They 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 want to give out. They believe like it was in the old days when they used when they used to tax you for grain. Then they oh, hand the grain out. Yeah, yeah, they hand the grain out to people in order to buy the allegiance with food. We we will feed you. Yeah, after they've taken the food in the first place. Yeah, that makes sense. They take the government... a few from people yeah. mm-hmm. who. Uh, was an entrepreneur and so on, so on, so on. Yes, they did. No, I believe it. But uh, the point is that everything that was done in this country after, actually after December 14th of 2020 has been illegal. And every action of Brandon, every, everything that Brandon signed, including uh, laws from Congress, every executive action, every amount of money that was spent, every action as commander-in-chief, and I just put out an article on Substack why the president is not commander-in-chief unless there's a declaration of war. That's controversial, but it's true. Everything that's happened is illegal. It's void. It's moot. It's not because he came to power in a coup. And we talked about the three areas where they could have stopped it. Could have stopped it January 14th by honoring the the state legislature's votes for Trump. They could have stopped it January 6th by actually having the the constitutional count. And Mike Pence could have stopped it by sending the electors back to the states. So those are those are three places where they never get into those details. They never get into that detail. They only skirt along the title. Yeah. Yeah, not us. See, that's the difference between Action Radio and everybody else. We do get into those details. Even if we have to puzzle it out ourselves, we get into those details. Well, yeah, you and that's do. why. But the yeah. difference is the number of ears and eyes that's listening. And Someday, Pianchi, there'll be millions of people listening to the show. They'll wait for it every day. We're not there yet, but we'll get there. 
Hang in there. Stay healthy. I need you for the show. (laughs) All right. Get out of here. We'll do it again tomorrow. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you, too. I appreciate having you on. Oh, boy. (laughs) This has been quite a day. All right. I got a bunch of stuff to play for you. Uh, I haven't done any of my announcements, so let me take care of those. Uh, And we'll be back again tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time, when we will do it all again. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive. Conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Grave Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is gravecare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at gravecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink 
that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, W-Y-L, to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.